okay, guys, I'm fucking sick of this shit. I think I can do a brand impersonation that you can't refuse. Yeah, well, I mean, I can do a good Brando impersonation if I don't pull my cheeks. Yeah. I'll just do Winnie the Pooh again. That's pretty close. Um, I don't know, guys. I mean, we we went into Dreamland last last time, and we didn't really do much with that. No, no, no. We didn't. Are we still in the dream? No, no. Freddy killed us. We're in hell now. Or oh, maybe. Cool. Well, we used an Inception case. Maybe we're just a level deeper. Or maybe we're just like sitting on an airplane, like just uh, across <laughs> across planet flight. <laughs> maybe our brains are scrambled egg. Yeah. Do your Pacino impersonation, Sam. Um. <laughs> Pacino, you know, I really wanted him to do a death noise in this because he does a lot of death noises recently. Yeah. Talk this about could, the, this could have been the birth of that. Talk about the Godfather trilogy, everybody. Welcome to Triptych. This is a really obscure trilogy of crime movies that very few people outside of like true cinephiles ever watch. Not the most popular, mostly just an artsy kind of thing. I know, you know, and they were like, hey, you know, you've been doing a lot of like mainstream movies. When are you going to do something obscure? Yeah, I know, yeah. right? <laughs> so it's like, let's do, uh, let's, let's watch this movie called The Godfather Trilogy. I think it's, I, th- I, I think it's something to do with religion because it's got the word God in it. Yeah. God has nothing to do with these people, though. There's also, uh, I mean, in the Trinity, there's the Father. So there's the Father. There's the Godfather. There's the Godson God and the, the God, God Holy Ghost, Ghost, who is, of course, Robert Duvall. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Greatly That's missed going in the on. third movie. <laughs> He's like he hangs, he looms large over the third movie. It's like Wes Craven in Scream Five. Yeah, Five Cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, uh, man, was the. It's been tough, you guys. You know, we watched the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre last night. That shit sucked. I didn't pay. I, mega sucked. I didn't pay anything for it, and I still want my money back. <laughs> I watched. In fact, in fact, we didn't even watch it on my Netflix. We watched it on my roommate's Netflix. I want his money back for him, and he didn't pay nothing. He should get. A, he should get a free month subscription out of that. I watched that movie on an airplane, and people still walked out. <laughs> 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 yeah, and then. We were thinking, you know, we'll we'll record Godfather. We'll watch Godfather three early in the day, and then we'll re- still have plenty of energy to record the podcast. That was a mistake. Oof. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're sorry if we sound a bit tired, everybody. But the Godfather Part three is a really exhausting experience. And we didn't even watch the theatrical one. We watched the new uh, Coda version that Francis Ford Coppola just went back like a year or two ago, and uh, promised this is the good one. Yeah, and I was like, I womp, we paid. Womp. You know, we paid uh, $5 to watch the shorter version, and all we missed was a great shot of Al Pacino falling out of his chair. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that, that of all the things to cut out, that's the thing to cut. Yeah, I guess he wanted to just do, it's it's literally the ending of Casino, where you just have the old guy being like, well, now I'm old. Yep, <laughs> and it is exactly like Casino, or also Goodfellas. Or uh, The Irishman. The same time. Or the Irishman, where it's just like, he doesn't die, he just is like... I'm old and sad. Old and he alone. Sa- yeah, he settles into senility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know if that's how you pronounce that all word. All I can do is wait for the dementia to delete all my horrible memories. <laughs> but let's, Oh, there it goes. <laughs> let, let's try and get ourselves into positive feelings and discuss the original two Godfathers. Yeah, last just weekend... Just trilogy in, as a whole. Last weekend we watched the first two Godfathers, and that was great. You know, I... I, I I've never seen any of these movies front to back. Like I'd seen 
all of the parts that count from the first one, like all the popular stuff like Sonny's death and the hit on Vito. More than 10 years ago, you and I watched this in Calif- watched some scenes in California, like uh, the yeah. scene of Michael Corleone doing the hit on Sterling Hayden. Oh, well, that's, that's the scene that every film professor ever shows mm-hmm. in every class that they teach. So it's like, obviously, that's one that I've seen a bunch of times, but it's like, you know, I'd never seen the whole thing, so I never saw any of the connecting parts. And then with two... Going back and watching two, I realized just how much less of this movie I'd seen than I thought I did. Because yeah. I thought I'd seen at least parts of the second one, but no, I barely seen any of it. So yeah, and a uh, a rare twist, everybody. I am the only one who have seen this trilogy before everyone else. Yeah, <laughs> you knew you knew what we were going into with Godfather three. You're like the you're and like I still let you go in there. You're like the documentary narrator from Deranged, which we oh, watched God. right after Texas Chainsaw last night. It's like you just stood there and let it happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be great if like there was a wide shot and that guy just had no pants. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love just the idea of doing a meta documentary like that. Yeah. Just walking around, no pants, baby. <laughs> but uh this trilogy is uh, I mean, you know, as we've said, we've we, we've watched a lot of popular stuff, and this is considered to be the great trilogy of trilogies. If you're not counting like Star Wars or Lord it's, of the Rings, it's or up Batman. there. Like this is one of the big trilogies that's not based on something. Well, I mean, well, it is based, based on, on something. Yeah, it's not based on, but a it's book. not like something that people have read. I feel like I feel like <laughs> though, you know, you probably wouldn't really see the godfather ranked up there with the trilogy of trilogies per se with like star wars and lord of the rings just because it's like you know the first two are so great no one wanted a third one not even coppola coppola didn't want to do a third one he was pushed into doing it and then lo and behold the third one is a lesser fucking thing so it's like you know how many people really count godfather three well i mean if you look up top however many trilogies it usually is in like gets, the top gets, five or it's so it's an honorary it, it gets by like an honorary. Honorary. there's yeah. one list i found i think it was cracked that had like it had, had it at the top it gets by on a technicality i guess but. i mean it's it's an honorary thing because the first two are really pretty good yeah the first know? two i mean like the I mean, first I, two are like staples of american cinema i feel like it was pity that got godfather part three like seven oscar nominations yeah <laughs> Inc- didn't it get nominated for best picture also it did it did get nominated for best picture which you know why uh, do you know what do you know so yeah it, there was a uh, goodfellas was also that year and, and was also snubbed for best picture like yeah, it, it was winner. nominated but didn't win <laughs> the winner it was kevin costner he won Best Picture and Best Director that year, Kevin Costner. God for Dances damn it. with Wolves. For Dances with Wolves. Hey, but you know what? The Academy realized their mistake, and they made up for it the following year by giving everything to Silence of the Lambs. So I'm oh, willing yeah. to overlook it. Oh, yeah. You know, every once in a while, a good movie does get awards. Fingers crossed for Dune. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, on. it didn't get nominated for Best Director, which is depressing. But, That's uh, unfortunate. But You yeah. know, this Kevin Costner thing should prove to everybody that the Oscars are fundamentally meaningless. Yeah, pretty Ma- much. Meaningless. 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 The only thing that Why matters... Why are you trying to imitate Sofia Coppola right now? The only thing that matters, Dad, is the Rotten Tomatoes score. <laughs> That's too much emotion. Dad. <laughs> Gotta dial it back some. Yeah. Dad, please don't do this to me. <laughs> but um, It's Sofia Coppola asking her dad not to cast her. <laughs> uh, I don't want to do this. 
dad dad why are you doing this to me you know in a lot of ways uh that is the metaphor of that movie is a guy who should have protected his daughter from his horrible industry and didn't <laughs> but you know what though let, we're we're gonna exhaust ourselves yeah. talking about Godfather three. The, yeah. the, the, uh, we gotta really, I gotta really reset and try to go back to last week. Let's, and I, I feel like yeah. you, you know, as long as these movies are, I feel like our conversations for one and two aren't gonna be as long as some of the conversations for our other movies, just because it's like they're so good. Really, what more is there to say about them? Like, well, no, and like uh, sometimes it's, it's more fun to parse out a bad movie. Yeah. But there's still a lot to talk about here. Yeah, there's still yeah. stuff I'm gonna be talking about with Godfather Part Two that I I wonder if you guys will like kind of kind of fight with me on. But you know, <laughs> I guess we'll see. But you uh, know, and I looked it up, guys, and there's literally no podcasts have ever covered The Godfather before. What? Yeah, nobody. 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 That's insane. There's That's very cool. little film criticism. There's very little books written about the Godfather. Well, I mean, when you're yeah. talking about movies as little known as these little independent I know, these films. weird little indie films by an unknown Italian director. Very artsy. Who was literally just trying to save his own career because he made the mistake of trusting George Lucas early on. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I know. My dad watched THX 1138 because I was talking about it, and he like came downstairs like, that sucked! And I was like, well, I told you it was going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that it's interesting, because if you watch THX 1138, there are seeds that will grow into a Star War. It's a good movie, though, THX. It's it's I, a very yeah. art, artsy movie, quote-unquote. I unquote. think the, the themes are greater than the whole of it as a, as a, like a script or something. But it yeah. is fascinating that it's like in a movie about getting in touch with your emotions, you cast Robert Duvall as the lead. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Robert Duvall movie, is not an emotional guy. But then that movie just flopped so fucking hard. It flopped like a fish gasping for air. And they're like, "All right, Coppola, we're gonna give you one more chance. You got to go direct this stupid little gangster picture in New York." I know, and like, so Godfather is a transitionary point between old Hollywood and new Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Um, it I, feels like an, a big Hollywood picture, almost like Gone with the Wind level. Yeah. But it's also got this new Hollywood way of acting with, like, you know, the fucking weird method acting butting up against the classic Brando method acting. Yeah. It's a very interesting picture in that regard. Especially if you compare it to, like, early, like, Cagney-type gangster films as we saw before. Which yeah, were it's a, a lot, lot more, more like, serious now. M- a bit more theatrical. It looked, obviously, more like a set when you look way at those Way more Hollywood. Like, know, especially and, if you uh, were to watch the original Scarface and just how obvious those sets were. Yeah, but the original Howard Hawks Scarface is delightful. It's yeah. del- no, it's good. It's a Howard good movie, Hawks is I probably mean... pound for pound the best director in history. Yeah, <laughs> if we like add up all of his shit, like he did the original thing from Another World, Rio Bravo. He invented the Siege movie. Yeah, you know he did. He, the, ga- he practically mm-hmm. gave us John Carpenter. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, well, who, John who Carpenter we, would say Howard Hawks is his primary influence. Which you know, we'll we'll stick a pin in that subject and come back to Carpenter later this year. We actually were, but just before I hit record on this thing, talking about visiting some Carpenter later this year. But it's no funny we haven't that, covered yeah. any Carpenter movies yet. It is weird. And I'll go ahead and tell you now, it is not Halloween. Yep, <laughs> I know. I'm saving that. Yeah, but you know what though, we got. Two and a half, almost three hours worth of movies per movie to yeah. talk about. Uh-huh. So this is a total of like eight hours. This yeah. is, this is probably no, more than eight hours. This is probably the closest we've come to watching a Lord of the Rings length trilogy again, again. after Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah it definitely it it definitely looks like it because I mean, part 
two or no part one and part three are about the length of like towers and fellowship so, yeah feel. about two two hours 40 minutes and, and then, then with two and then we two watched is the return of the king we watched we watched uh an old dvd copy of two that i have that i got my dad years ago and it you know th- this is from the era when where a movie is as long as godfather 2 is they have to split it into two discs that makes no sense though god it, you know it reminds me of uh my my dad had a uh, Braveheart and Titanic were split into two VHSs. Yeah. I remember, I remember yeah, the, yeah, I had the Titanic that was like I remember cuz like the nudity is almost right at the end of the first tape. So I was like, "Okay, we got to change the tape. Leave the room, Chris." <laughs> it's like, "But she's doing a thing." It's like, "Leave the room." <laughs> I've never really seen any like DVDs that get like where a movie gets split into separate discs. I don't think they I had have, to. I have quite a few. Goodfellas was another one where, like, um, they didn't have separate discs, but you had to flip the disc over. I to remember when watch I watched the second half of the movie. I remember when I got it, like the TV version of it. I didn't know that it was like double sided, so oh, yeah. I watched the adult version and I thought it was going to be like a flashback structure. Yeah, <laughs> but it would only like flashback occasionally. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's like, no, there's a whole <laughs> first chapter that I missed. Ah, uh, but um, the only ones stupid. that I have. The only ones I have that are split in discs are, of course, Lord of the Rings extended cut. Of course. I got um I got both Gone with the Wind and Ben Hur on DVD, and those are both split discs, also because you know those are fucking four hours each. <laughs> really? Because yep. I have mm-hmm. Ben Hur on DVD, and the whole movie's on that one. I know Gone with the Wind. Like you, you always think that the ending is like I'll never go hungry again. Like that's the ending of part one. Yeah, that's before the intermission. No, I have um there there was a single disc Ben Hur released, but it's like. You have to like like Goodfellas. You have to flip the disc over to the other side to watch the other half of the movie. But the version that I have has it split into two discs. Same with uh, Gone with the Wind. That's interesting. That's so you can get cool art on it. That's why I love the advent of Blu-ray because you can fit way more information on a single Blu-ray disc than you can on a single DVD. So you have these movies now like uninterrupted on yep. one disc. You don't have to flip it over. You don't have to change discs. Mm. So, but then with the advent of streaming, who the fuck even needs discs anymore? So fuck me, I guess. You just need hard well, you couldn't find these movies streaming anywhere. Yeah, yeah. how annoying was that? I, wa- I watched these movies on back when they were on HBO. Okay. And so I didn't have to pay anything. I feel like I time. rewatched them partially when they were on Netflix. They were on Netflix for a portion of time. Yeah, that, they were there too. Was that where they had it like as the cut where it's the saga? No, no, that was HBO. Okay. I, I had I remember specifically because I had that on my uh, to watch later list for the longest time and I never got the chance to watch it. And now it's gone. And now it's gone forever. Well, probably not forever. I'm sure there's like a you can buy Blu-ray it on Amazon if you want. If I wanted to get, yeah. but you know, who honestly wants to watch that in chronological order? I feel like I feel like that's too that's, Monday morning football. Like you got to take these as they were made. You yeah, know? not not just that, but you're also ruining the. Uh, I, I will discuss it when we talk about part two. Uh, part two, especially if you do it in chronological order, you're taking out some great tonal shifts and, uh, you know, like... Yeah, we should... Uh, that. We, got, we, we can jump on in, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Let's get into Dude, it. Thank you for tuning in to Triptych. My name is Christopher Kreider. <laughs> That's a great Pacino, dude. I think he was imitating Donkey Man. No, that was Pacino. No, that was Pacino. Oh. <laughs> some movies make you feel good. Some movies make you sick. But the best movies come in threes. Baby, let's take a trip, tick.
Beto Corleone has run his family-friendly criminal enterprise for years, training his disappointing sons to take over with the same shining attitude. However, a disagreement over drug dealing pushes Vito out, believing racketeering and extortion to be far more moral. As his sons fuck up and die, this forces Michael, his one good son, to swoop in and save the family. As Michael gains more and more control in a quest for legitimacy, however, the fairy tale like goodness of the family turns to a murderous syndicate of realism. <laughs> so, this is the story about a family who had it everything and the one son who had to keep it all together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I we we did point that out, right? That like Michael Bluth's story is very similar to Michael Corleone. I don't think oh, so, but we, I love that. If only we could have that, that'd be fantastic. It's like it's like, did you kill your brother? I didn't. He had. Just <laughs> <laughs> Rod Howard narrating The I'm, Godfather. That would have been I'm, so great. I'm imagining uh shoot Will Arnett as Sonny. <laughs> Mike, Michael, please. I want to kill that old man, Michael. <laughs> I killed before. He hadn't. <laughs> I've killed before. <laughs> 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 but so, uh, the guy the guy with the one arm that always falls off you know he's yeah. like one of the hitmen <laughs> that's why there's joey one arm over there <laughs> they called him joey one arm because he had one arm it's maybe and then you, and then you have um you have you have um what's her name um portia de Rossi's character um uh, as as Connie, of course, yeah. And she's <laughs> but like, she'd be a lot. But she'd be the abusive one in the relationship. Yeah, <laughs> like, she's beating the shit she, out of her husband. She beats <laughs> Tobias down. Honey, yeah. please go ahead. Try and stab me. <laughs> like Tobias is crying in the corner with <laughs> with, with his little Daisy Dukes on. Yeah, yeah, he's never nude. <laughs> <laughs> so no. this is so this is our and of course you have Fredo. Is this is Arrested I, Development? structurally i you know what the more we keep yeah. connecting the dots it gets more and more obvious yeah remember when fredo lost his hand and got a robot hand <laughs> what do you expect mother My, i'm michael, part machine michael i've engaged in some mild treason <laughs> da- daddy daddy may have engaged in some mild treason <laughs> So uh, yeah, Arrested Development, very good show. Yeah, great show. Uh, not sure about the Netflix season. It's okay. Not as good as Beckman was on Fox, but but you know, but you know, know how, how it is. Te- not as terrible as people make it out to be. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you're listening to the Arrested Development podcast right now. <laughs> There's never been a podcast about Arrested Development. Nobody ever talks about it. <laughs> it's a very little known show. No one cared about. Not, not it's very a very popular. obscure show. Not unlike <laughs> The Godfather. <laughs> The what now? The 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 Godfather. It's one word. God Godfather. Oh hey, you uh, want to talk about that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the All Godfather. right. So it opens with like the longest wedding ever, and this is like 3D because weddings take fucking forever. Yeah, I, yeah. I forget what time it was when we finished. I think it was like I really think that wedding took like 30 or so minutes. Yeah, no, it's 30 minutes, and so we realize that this is kind of the structure if anything of these three movies is that you start with a That's party cel- like a celebration of yeah a party like a celebration but there's also meetings going on and like Briggs pointed out like that's where we set up the conflicts and the characters that are going to be playing throughout we sow the seeds we show yes. the, the pieces and the players and who wants what and whose relationship is with who and i think that's kind of like 
illustrative of how these events are just like you know yeah. camouflage for like doing really big deals you know it's like yeah nobody really cares if we're all here because we're all here anyway so let's talk about who we need to murder today and then even at the wedding uh there's like fbi guys and reporters. fbi guys paparazzi he smashes the camera cops are kind of like taking down number plates yeah fbi guys yeah dude yeah Keep Just in mind, a, we, have, we have crazy fucking uh, J. Edgar Hoover going after the mafia right now. Yeah, uh, crazy old Edgar Hoover. You know, the government never really manifests as an actual, um, like, villain in these, though. Like, they uh, never really... They're just kind of, like, there. I guess the in part two, one? with a little a little bit, but even then, it's like... There's yeah, the, well. the Kennedy-style uh, criminal hunting uh, co- committee. Which also, these, these stories do kind of parallel the Kennedys... Yeah, well, you know one one thing that Sam mentioned was um was how um and even your dad also was how these movies really paralleled what was going on in real life as they were being made. So. Absolutely, like, so, uh, yeah. like well, the, and they and they're and these are especially interesting because they're politically commenting on the time that they take place in, mm-hmm. and also the time that they were made. Yeah, yeah. you know, so it's like it, that's really interesting. Is like this post um. Dealing with the you know post Watergate and all this shit, post Vietnam, a lot of disillusionment with authority. Drug you know, like war. what happened? Yeah, the drug war is like we're seeing the beginnings of the drug war with Godfather, which is Vito, his line in the sand that gets him fucked up. Yeah, no. And so it's, uh, it's really you know the first movie really is good. It and is. I, 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 this is like not an original statement by any stretch, but like, <laughs> like there's a reason this movie is like, isn't it still number two on American uh, on American Film Institute's uh, was 100 one, Years movies? Was number one part two? No, number one was Citizen Kane. Okay, yeah. yeah if I remember correctly, another MDB, really obscure movie that I feel like nobody's seen. If I remember correctly on IMDb, Godfather is either number two or number three on IMDb's top 100 rated movies. Number one being um, the the prison movie. Uh, uh, Stephen oh, Shawshank. Shawshank. That's it. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. No. I. You know. You know. This is the because of this movie's reputation. You know. This is one. And you know, being a film student, you know, I feel like this is one I should have seen years ago, hmm. and I just you know procrastinated because I was always way more interested in watching Z grade fucking horror shit, <laughs> but um. You know, yeah, having, I couldn't tell. Yeah, I know, right? So having gone back and revisited it now, though, it's like, you know, I'm really kicking my own ass for not going and watching these sooner. Because, you know, as much as I was into all of the, the exploitation horror bullshit, you know, all the terrible Italian gore fests and shit like that and, you know, old monster movies, you know, as much as I was into that growing up, you know, I was just as much in high school into classic films, especially, you know, coming out of uh, the year at Film Academy that Kreider and I were in, you know, 2007. That year, you know, I started tracking down a lot more classic films. You know, like we had the Virgin Megastore at the Hollywood and Highland Shopping Center. and, um, And so, you know... I would go there with my mom while we were out there, and I would I bought up movies like I think that may have been where or no I got uh, Gone with the Wind and Ben Hur when I was back here in Florida, but you know out there I found movies like Maltese Falcon and Bonnie oh, yeah. and Clyde and nice. stuff ones. like that. So it's like you know as much as I was into all the horror shit that influences me as a filmmaker now, I was just as much into Hollywood classics back then as well. So I'm kind of shocked that I it took this long to get around to watching Godfather. You know, like coming out of NIFA though, 
um for me i really got into like the 90s new wave guys like the the andersons paul thomas and wes mm-hmm. um see sam, sam mendez that was when i first watched american beauty see that's a train i still haven't boarded oh <laughs> uh, dude 90s people yeah, yeah the andersons wow. paul, paul thomas anderson has got some good shit you'd like hell yeah you, surely you watched the, the opening dolly the the steady cam scene from the opening of boogie nights right nope oh we had to watch what? that for nifa I don't remember that. Yeah, it's a I mean, it's I, pro- a huge I probably long take. I probably saw that shot at some point, but I don't remember it. No, it was, it, it, the only n- real 90s shit that I ever really got into was like obviously Tarantino and Rodriguez hmm. and uh you know, I saw Clerks once years ago and liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh but no, no, the the 90s wave never that never really like pinged on my radar growing up yeah but we're not talking about the nice we're talking about the 70s new wave man yeah hot say, hot new directors hot new method actors i will say i i, I also dipped quite a bit into the 90s stuff because my dad's a huge fan of the 90s movement of directors yeah, yeah. but gen as, x man as uh progenitors of those great 90s directors we have the 70s wave of directors the people that came in after hollywood was doing super duper badly financially because of all the stupid roadshow movies that they were doing and the big old epics that weren't making money like musicals and uh biblical pictures which we still we still had some here and there that were pretty cool but oh yeah we said like gone with the wind made 70s had some weirdly big scaled like disaster movies you know yeah there was a there was a trend in the early 70s of disaster movies yeah movies like the poseidon adventure Mm -hmm. and towering inferno and earthquake airport it's it's when hollywood was kind of reshuffling what it was distributing and they were like all right let's we need some new blood out here so let's get some these new 70s directors that are going around George Lucas, Coppola, Scorsese. It, it's like they weren't really going for many of the big like lavish productions anymore aside from like uh like you know United Artists was still indulging with the James Bond franchise which was I think like seven or eight movies deep at this point. Nice. Uh Fox was doing Planet of the Apes. Oh, uh, sweet. Warner Brothers had Kubrick doing uh 2001. So it's like there were still big Hollywood-style productions, but it's like you're starting to see a grittier take on them, which is these newer, this newer, newer talent that's starting to... Which I feel like Coppola was kind of really the first one of the bunch to really kind of launch out there with Godfather. Absolutely. Like, people look at the at Godfather and they think, oh, great epic. But, you know, I mean, there was a, there was a lot of risks taken with that movie, especially Oh, it's especially, cast. like... They didn't want to cast most of the cast. They didn't want to cast like um, James Caan or Which, uh, Robert Duvall. I got I got a bit on how James Caan got in. Also, <laughs> how, did later he, on. how did he do? So okay, so one uh, one YouTube channel I was telling Sam about. I, I don't remember if I told you or not, Kreider, but there's a uh, there's a guy. Uh, his name is Michael Francis. He's a uh, former mafia. Uh, right, you, guy. you were talking about him a little bit. Yeah, and so yeah, he he was a. Uh, uh, lieutenant or something for the Colombo family in New York back in the 70s and 80s. And um, he was first getting into the life around when the book Godfather first came out and they were just starting to develop the movie. Um, and, you know, you know, he went to prison uh, in the 90s or whatever and he's got out and 
reformed himself. He's like a public speaker now. He's written books and all this stuff. But he's got this YouTube channel now. He's had it for like the past year and a half or so, a couple years, whatever. But uh, one of his more popular things that he does on the channel is he reviews mob movies and gangster movies and kind of like compares it to like the real thing. And uh, he did story, he did videos for both of the first two Godfather movies. And uh, I went back and I revisited those uh, earlier this morning and late last night um, just to kind of jot down some notes. And so apparently uh, the Colombo family really had a lot of influence on the making of the first Godfather. And one of the things that kind of, they didn't necessarily mandate, but they definitely kind of helped in a way with was casting James Caan. He was apparently a friend of the Colombo family. So huh. they, they chopped off like a horse's head. <laughs> it was like, you better fucking cast this like guy. It was, like it, it, it's nothing like he, he was just like a friend of, of the family. And so it's like, you know, that, that with everything that they were doing, the impact that they had on the production, they, that friendship definitely helped get him into that role for sure, as well as um, another uh, uh, more direct Columbo associate uh, is um, uh, the guy that plays Luca Brazzi. He was a Columbo enforcer at the time, and he was on set w- uh, watching them film, and they just kind of liked the way he looked. He it's... looks so <laughs> legit. Yeah, yeah that's because he is legit. Yeah, he looks <laughs> he looks the part, man. Luca Brazzi. When he's like reading his lines and everything, because he's all punch drunk. He was a former boxer too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you can tell he's a boxer. You can tell he's fucking probably murdered people. <laughs> yeah, he's got the look in his eyes. He certainly beat people up. That's for sure. <laughs> he probably murdered. But people. um, but you know, some of the other things that the Colombo family had influence over is uh, you know, so around this time, Joe Colombo had formed the uh, the Italian American Civil Rights League because apparently at this point in time. The FBI was really harassing the Italian-American community, especially in New York. And so it got to a point, you know, where they were literally out picketing in front of the the FBI building in New York. And so, of course, you know, hearing that, you know, in the light of all this uh, discrimination going on against Italian-Americans, now here come these fucking Hollywood assholes from out west that are making a fucking mafia movie in our own backyard. No, absolutely not. And so they weren't going to let them do it initially, but... They worked out some deals, you know, like uh, so the the few that I got written down here. Do you think Germany has a similar anti-defamation league? (laughs) Uh, Actually, I think they kind of, yeah, they did because there was a lot of anti-German sentiment during World War One. Yeah. Yeah, which led to, didn't Hitler run one of those? No. No, one of those like pro-German things? No, he was German. He was in Germany. We're talking about like American German. No, okay. I'm just saying like. In Germany, do you think they're like, hey, come on, let's stop bringing that up? Oh, okay, like that, yeah, maybe, <laughs> but, probably. It's just but, funny when they're like, hey, come on. It's like, well, you did do this stuff, though. Oh, but we have to acknowledge no. it in some form. No, well, I mean, look, there's always just like, always but, this uh, wave of immigrant groups that come into America that always get a whole lot of shit until okay. they just eventually integrate in. So what did they have to do to avoid hurting their feelings? So the big one is they were not allowed to use the terms mafia or La Cosa Nostra anywhere right. in the film. Which they I didn't that do, one. yeah. That was a direct mandate from the Colombo family. I think they um, cut that out in the first one. That's definitely in the second and third one. Though. Yeah, that, yeah, the third one they definitely the, say that a few By times. the second one, you know, they knew what they had what they had at on their hands like so it's like but yeah so with the first movie though you know that was the big mandate you cannot use the term mafia you cannot use la cosa nostra this is no absolutely not 
the Colombo family had to have executive authority over the script, so like they had final say on everything. <laughs> all, right, all right, guys, here's the final draft. Everybody learn your lines. Hey, and, uh, Francis, what's wrong with your thumbs? Nothing. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, and I then, fell down. And then this one, this one's kind of cool. Is that uh, all? All of the proceeds that the New York premiere earned had to be donated to a hospital of the Colombo family's choice. Oh, that's kind of yeah. nice. Yeah. Maybe to, to a quote-unquote hospital. <laughs> yeah. No, but, um, but yeah, so, like, once, you know, all these details are straightened out, you know, Joe Colombo himself apparently gave the okay, and everyone who was against the film now suddenly was all for it. And so... <laughs> I mean, for all the, like, moral, you know, quandaries that the movie presents, it does, like, really make these guys look pretty cool and heroic in a lot of ways yeah, yeah you know it's very fantastical in a lot of ways almost fairy tale like how like like it's, it's very shakespearean That's yeah it, it comes down to is he's trying to do it like operatic shakespearean type of things and that's Fantasy. why you got to get incest in there at some point <laughs> and Fantasy, you know, epic tale of a, of a good prince helping his kingdom and you know it, story. it's yeah, another it's a bit of hamlet yeah it's another case of life that imitates art that imitates life also because this guy francis was also talking about how once the godfather came out he started noticing a lot more street level guys kind of composing themselves in a different manner than they had before godfather came out like you know that the godfather you know i think sam i think you and i talked about this when i was taking you home after that it was how it's like you know the mobsters portrayed in godfather kind of have a bit more of an elegance to them than like your typical like sleazy scumbag Sopranos Scorsese mobsters. Absolutely. Or a, a Cohen brother type. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, Francis was talking about how he noticed even within the Colombo family, like guys, street level guys that were acting a certain way before Godfather now acted a different way. <laughs> I know. And then Sopranos came out and it's okay to do track suits. Yep. Yeah. Back just, to the track. Let's go be fat again. Yeah, you know, when you when you want to be comfortable, right? I know. Like, the tracksuit look is pretty great. That's more my my gangsters. <laughs> I don't know. I can't ever think about tracksuited gangsters without just thinking of, like, Russian mafia or, like, Slavic fucking squatting Slavs. Yeah, you know, and, like, it would be interesting. Grand Theft Auto 4. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. If these had gone on, like, to take place in, like, later days, they would have had to run up against the Russian guys and been like, these guys are fucking horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen what the Vor did? They had, like, a crocodile in the concrete plant. It was fucking terrible. And they're, like, really nice. They're like, oh, my friend, where's my fucking money? (laughs) Uh, Maybe that's what it was going to get to for the fourth movie. That's, uh, I mean, that, that, so that could have been interesting if they did the Godfather throw up four about Andy Garcia having to deal with, like, Reaganomics, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Jesus, everybody's acting like the mafia now. Well, no, it, not, not only would you have to, if you're doing 80s, you know, not only would you have to be dealing with the Russian mafia, you would have, which... <gasps> the you, Yakuza. Well, no, and you would also, of course, you'd have the Latin American cartels as well. All right. You know, it would have been great, too, if, like, they brought back Al Pacino and, like, digitally de-age him to play Scarface. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, you look kind of familiar. No, I don't. <laughs> you look like my uncle. <laughs> Fun fact. Then you come to learn Tony Montana's father that walked out on him was actually just Michael. He knocked up some chick in Cuba during the events of two oh, and fuck. didn't tell it. Oh, he- my God. It works out so perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... 
the the cast for this movie, the writing and the casting for the, for this movie is fantastic. Like, so Brando, yeah, we got uh, Talia Shire as Connie. She's great. Adrian. You have all the stars in this movie. Who's the guy who plays Fredo? I feel like we always lose, forget his name. That's because Fredo's just Fredo. Yeah, he gives a shit about <laughs> He's Fredo. a guy. Who cares? He's a guy. <laughs> He's a human being. He's just a, this guy, you know? Just you a have, guy, uh, you know? You have, um, what's his name? Is that uh, Richard Castle? No, wait. Uh, no, that's uh, Richard Castellano was... Uh, of course, you have who? Brando. Yeah, Brando. The iconic cotton mouth filled... Have, um, I know. I wonder if it was because we knew that he has cotton balls in his mouth that we really saw the cotton balls in every shot. You have Abe Vigoda as Tessio. <laughs> John Cazell. That's who played Fredo. Abe Vigoda. <laughs> Been watching a lot of Barney Miller and his just whole thing in Barney Miller is that he hates his wife. What's so, his wife's name? Bernice. <laughs> oh, John Cazell's also in a Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, oh, he fun. plays his best friend in that. Gets and, his fucking head blown off. And Deer Hunter. Oh, nice. Yeah, Pacino is the king of the 70s, right? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Serpico, Panic in Needle Park, um, Dog Day Afternoon, you know, Godfather 1 and 2. He was he was the king of the 70s. He's just, yeah. He, he's a great actor. He was a great actor. That, he's still a good actor. Yeah. He just got really crazy. Yeah. Well, and so, yeah, like throughout these movies, you can see that he's like, in the first one, he's very subdued. Yeah, very, very good performance. Honestly, he's even pretty subdued through the second one for the most part. No, but oh, then yeah. at the end, when Diane Keaton reveals that she got an abortion, he's like, "You did this to me, you bitch, <laughs> you bitch." And then the third one, he's just like, "All right, I used up all my crazy on a couple movies before. I'm tired now." I know, but every time he's going into diabetic shock, he's like, "Ah, Al Pacino." But, um, you know, another thing you notice about this movie right away, so, like, right away in the wedding scene, you know, you get a scope of the talent involved in this, you know, all the cast that's involved. But another thing that we commented on is how fucking Italian this movie is. It's the most Italian Italian movie ever made until the second one. Created some stereotypes. It totally did. Like popularized them anyway. I mean, like, throughout this movie, you know, thinking about it, it's like, you know, like, like your dad mentioned, this was the first time you ever heard the phrase "bada bing" used bada bing. in a movie. Um, I'm pretty sure, at least I can't think of any other instances of this. I think this is the first time you ever hear the reference, uh, someone referencing sleeping with the fishes. Also, yeah, I think because like, they do it a very formal pre- yeah, presentation with the uh, bulletproof vest for the fish. It's a message. It means Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> okay. And uh, he's probably cool. dead too. Oh yeah. shit! <laughs> oh, my, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! They killed Luca! You bastards! <laughs> and I want any revenge done. No okay. vendettas. Yeah, this movie didn't have subtitles, which is weird because the second movie in the same box it had subtitles. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of annoying. I guess they were like, "Oh God!" And then Brando's the subtitles. And, and, and then the subtitles for three were just lazy. <laughs> yeah, that was on. Well, we paid to watch the Coda version on Amazon Prime, and they were just like, "Yeah, you get it." We I'll paid. just do bare bones subtitles. Yeah, like two people will be talking, and they'll be like, "The sentences are both characters on the same screen, and there's nothing separating it, not even a space." And uh, so you have a good narrative device, which is that Michael is dating Kay, who's uh, Diane Keaton, and it's uh, just a regular woman who's completely outside of the family. He's the war veteran. Mm-hmm. Like Sam said, he's the good son because he's going to go legit. Yeah, you she, know, he's, he's gonna not going to be the good guy. He's gonna. He went into the war to protect his country. He, he's not in it for like fame or glory or violence or anything like that. He's out to be the good guy. 
Exactly, but uh, yeah, this whole movie is about how you know your family is hard to escape. Womp womp. And then Diane Keaton is very Woody Allen movie like. <laughs> I know, and it's like so. Movie takes place in like the forties. Like yeah, like late like forty six or so. Forty six, forty seven. The war like just that. ended. Still feels very seventies. Yeah, the styles and the looks very, feel very seventies. Very film noir looking with a, the, the overuse of shadows. No, Gordon and Willis was the they called yeah. him the Prince of Darkness. And uh, ironically, he did some great work with Woody Allen. But um, yeah, no, so the use of the shadows, it's a lot of, most of this movie is conversations between people about like really hard decisions in dark rooms. And boy, do those rooms get dark at times. Yeah. I know, he doesn't even fog them up. They're just dark. Yeah, there's no smoky rooms, really. Like, I think there's maybe one smoky room when it's the entire like mafia, like, you know syndicate all together at the big table yeah but more or less it's kind of just like uh you know pretty simple rooms everyone's trying to be business and straightforward now so that's what i kind of like is the first one is almost like an art movie where there's like just really long periods where like nothing happens and then like fucking people get murdered yeah and boy oh boy is the murder fucking great in this movie like, oh yeah oh, when yeah. luca Braza gets like fucking like garroted yeah like, the first they do sickening. the uh the bottle opener through his hand yeah, bottle opener through his hand. And then, yeah, they fucking garrot him, and you just watch him, like, fucking... His eyes are prayer. bulging out. For a guy who never acted before Godfather, like, he nailed that death scene so good. It's well, kind of like how, him. uh... It's like how, yeah, they killed him. It's like how Christopher Lee knew what it's like to get stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> In which movie? Uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, Christopher Lee. Oh, right, like... you didn't watch the extended cut. Sorry. Yeah, where Wormtongue finally gets Wormtongue. one over on him. Yeah, Wormtongue kills him and stabs him to death, and... So, and and Christopher Lee was like, uh, "Here, let me give you some direction on how, how what it's like when someone gets stabbed." <laughs> it's like, oh, what do you know? <laughs> Christopher Lee killed a lot of Nazis, you guys. Good man. Yeah, good but, dude. Uh, uh, but yeah, and then other deaths in the Godfather, uh, in first Godfather, like Mo Green getting shot through that whole, the eye that while in the last massage mon- parlor. That whole oh, last man. montage is just god tier. Yeah, that yeah. that hit montage is fantastic. The shotgun blast and. When the one guy gets shot at the top of the steps and falls over and rolls yeah. down, I know, hell of a stunt, spurting out, hell of a stunt, and it's like there's some scenes that are like really effective, and then there's like James Con beating the guy up, where like the stunt <laughs> is so bad, it's like all the fake punches, there's no sound effects, it like stop short, like close punches, and like a really bad like face punch, and the guy's like, oh, like he's really kicking, overselling it, he's kind kicking. of a fake looking trash can he's yeah. kicking the guy with his shin <laughs> <laughs> that scene like you know it's like in your mind it's like this big epic badass scene where the guy's like can go after the dude who beat up his sister and it's like now nah, i guess they wanted to play it in one take for some reason well you know it's very expensive to get that fire hydrant to go you know you just keep going spraying all over the place it's very expensive yeah yeah it's during a water shortage yeah like I said in the intro, you know, this is one where it's like I've seen all the parts that count. You know, we we kn- I feel like, and I mentioned this too when we were watching. I feel like this is one of those Hollywood classics that is just so immortalized, so iconic that even if you have never sat down to watch it, you know exactly what it is like yeah well, it's the movie that people lie about having seen more than any other movie i believe well even then i feel like a lot of people could easily mandela themselves into thinking they've seen it just because it's like you know there's so many iconic bits in this like you know the they movie get... producer getting the horse head in in his bed and uh... like so many bits just get 
are in popular culture and in the zeitgeist it's michael like, avenging his father even like and Vito's the assassination attempt on Vito. it's like we've seen these scenes done so many different times in other movies like straight parodies or tributes to them that it's like i feel like it would be easy to think you've seen the godfather even though you haven't it's like indiana jones yes exactly like, we know all of these classic bits, but it's like it's not until you actually sit down to watch it you realize just how much you're missing out on. Like, you know, having seen all these parts, like, you know, Michael avenging his father and Sonny's death and the horse head, it's like, you know, going and seeing all these connecting pieces just made me appreciate The Godfather more than I ever had before. There's some great intense bits in this movie, too. Like, when, uh, when Michael's Michael, protecting yeah. his dad at the hospital. That's yeah, a yeah. great scene. Yeah, there's like, it's pretty eerie too when he's coming in and like the entire hospital is just abandoned. Yeah, the music save for in, one nurse who's like, no, get out of here. The music in the scene is great. Very ominous, very mm-hmm. low key. Hospitals are inherently creepy. but and, uh, and then the cops come in and they brutalize him. What's yeah, they the, beat the crap out of Pacino. And, and that pushes Michael to become a bad guy. What's the uh, What's the one actor's name who plays the the cop leading him? Sterling Hayden. Yeah. Hold him tight for me. He fucking punches the shit out of him. <laughs> that is great though, because like the Baker's coming to visit. Uh, yeah. Enzo the Baker, who I guess like they had a little they had a little Easter egg because he's the one who makes the cake in the, yeah. the Godfather Three. But yeah, uh, yeah. Enzo the Baker comes to visit Vito, and like there's no bodyguard, so. Michael tells him to pretend he has a gun. Yeah, like stick their hands in their jackets. And that's such a great shot because, like, afterward he lights a cigarette and his hands are shaking. Yeah. Like, I love, man, I love little human moments in, like, these big scale crime stories. Like, that's really good, man. That's what makes these, like, really special and what people kind of miss in crime movies since then. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're not going to really get moments like that in Goodfellas or The Departed or. Well, Goodfellas is all shaky handed cigarette smoking, you know, just because of all the cocaine. Yeah, yeah, they're true. all crazy that was, people. That's the eighties, so it's that's the seventies and eighties, so it's more like ah. Technically Goodfellas is nineties. Yeah. Nineteen ninety. No, I'm oh, saying but, oh, it, but the, the period s- is Oh the period is okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Goodfellas is like from the fifties into the like Goodfellas is a decades spanning spanning. <laughs> yeah, in some saga. ways in some ways, yeah, Goodfellas covers more time than Godfather does. Yeah. In in one shot at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's, arguably a better movie it's the reagan era uh, mobster that's when you get the sleazy piece of shit scumbag interpretation yeah we're always cooking and just you know like real greasy yeah but um yeah when sunny gets blown away that's in a the drive-by scene. god I just damn think it. about the guy in the ticket booth who ducks i'm like they must have paid him off a little bit but they still blow that guy away too it seems unless the car was that much of cover or like unless the ticket booth is bulletproof <laughs> which i'm sure they are now after that movie <laughs> hey guys we should we should look into that <laughs> but uh, i think the most brutal deaths in the movie uh i think anyway are when michael kills uh the the, the rival mobster and the cop yeah yeah and he does everything wrong like um or like you know like don't look at anybody he looks at everybody you know drop yeah. the yeah, it's like yeah two two headshots each he does like one headshot each i think yeah, and then he shoots the cop in the throat. He shoots the cop in the throat before shooting him in the head. There's just like, oh, he's was... like wheezing and gasping, and there's all this bloody good. mist coming out of his head. Yeah, like, dude. Like, holy shit. Red paint blood, too. Yeah. Love it. And then uh, I th- I think, though, my, my, favorite, uh, my favorite death, though, is still um, 
Mo Green on the massage table, just boom, right in the eye. Yeah, <laughs> through, the, through the glasses. He looks so Harrison Ford. Yeah, I know. It's weird. Like, I mean, I know it's not Harrison Ford, but he really looks like Harrison Ford. He looked like if Jerry Lewis, like, got in shape. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Jerry Ford. <laughs> Jerry Ford. <laughs> you know, I got I to gotta say, though, you know, the, these first two movies are held up, uh, rightfully so, as, like, just immortal classics, you know. And, you know, one thing that we mentioned we didn't really touch on in the Scream episode back in January was the sequel debate, you know, because that plays a huge part in Scream 2's story. And it's like, you know, we never we didn't really touch much on that. And it's like, you know, Godfather 2 is really one of those that's held up as like the template for the like better sequel that's better than the first one. And while I won't argue against its merits as like a better made movie than the first one i think i still thinking about it more kind of like the first godfather a little more than two agree well, so you kind of get into it in the next one but yeah godfather stands on its own yeah, yeah. and it's it's like you know it's not as like i don't want to say convoluted a story but like it's it's way more linear than yes. two is because it's like while i love how two jumps around you know, I kind of like the straightforwardness of the first movie. Absolutely, I think it's it's a stronger like story in the first one. Like it, it's all it just everything goes into one thing, goes into one thing. They set up all these different threads in the beginning, like with the the wedding scene. But it's like there aren't as many threads to follow in this as there are in the sequels. No, and this was the first time I really just got the story where it's like, okay, so Brando's refusing to get into the drug thing, and this is kind of what his is his downfall. Yeah, you know, like the old the old gangsters are being overtaken by the new age of gangsters, and yeah. like they're just not ready for it. Yeah, they they don't want to get into the 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 drugs, which you know. Uh, you even you even see that in Goodfellas, like with um, uh, Polly, the character of Polly, like he doesn't want any of his guys getting into drugs. So, fucking uh, Henry and <laughs> Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci immediately go get into all the drugs. <laughs> yep. Vito's happy working with the casinos and the unions. That's all he needs. Yeah. James Conn was definitely getting into the drugs on this one. Oh, he big time was getting into the drugs. He, he w- so many seeds were like dr- like he's just progressively losing more and more clothes. Yeah, he, you're just he, on he cocaine. Like, I'm freaking hot. Yeah, you know, he so it's like, you know, it's kind of implied that he's kind of the one that would succeed Brando uh in running the family and it's like I feel like he's the one that would it's like okay, so I understand my father told you no. I'm going to tell you yes. Give me all the drugs. Let's do this. <laughs> and just like totally shit all over his father's Maybe last he was wishes. like, let's just try some of this cocaine stuff. Yeah. You know? Maybe if- it's not so bad. God, fucking love it. Oh, God. So good. More. Brando is uh, you're meeting with the people. It's like you can't refuse any uh, wish on your do- the day of your daughter's wedding, which doesn't seem to be like a magical rule. No, even Francis was talking like he like they definitely did do stuff like that. Like he was even talking about how he himself would do that. Like he would hold court for people on Mondays, is what he called it. Every Monday night, he had a place he would go and set up, and people for a few hours in the evening would come and sit down with him and do that thing but so he had like a table at comic-con yeah (laughs) oh isn't that nice but like um but no he he was talking about he wasn't quite sure of the validity of the whole sicilian the daughter wedding thing like he 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 didn't think that it really 
actually happened like that. Mobsters did do stuff like that, but he didn't think that that was like an actual firm, set in stone Sicilian rule. <laughs> uh, you know, like, they, they, like this does kind of like at least the veto stuff makes it look like oh the gangsters aren't so bad. Yeah, I mean certainly Vito is Vito is established as a more sympathetic uh, gangster. No, you're you're absolutely right about that. Vito, I mean he real, I mean yeah he is a criminal. You know he runs a criminal empire, but he really is the sympathetic gangster, and which they they explore that further with De Niro's interpretation of his younger years going into Godfather 2, where it's like he's really more a man of the people, you know, like in 2 you have that asshole, the black hand, going around just being a fucking prick to all his people in Little Italy, and De Niro's more kind of trying to just help everyone. Yeah, but we'll we'll get into greater detail on that one. But maybe it's a metaphor for the immigrant story where, you know, you have this ascension, but then your kids are just caught up in the capitalistic nightmare. Yeah, yeah. They, they became too Americanized. Yeah, yeah, they lost track of their Sicilian roots. Which, uh, you know, let's talk about uh, where they go to Sicily for a little bit. Because so, after yeah, so after Michael, uh, after Michael shoots a bunch of people and like ends the crisis for a little bit, he runs off, creating more crisis. Things, he's got to let things cool down. Goes yeah, to Sicily, he, which Sicily he, without looks telling really... his girlfriend anything. Yeah, <laughs> such a, runs off not telling his girlfriend anything and goes off to get married to somebody else. Like immediately too, like he goes and visits the town and he's like, "I want to bang that Greek lady, but I'll have to marry her." That lady there in the field, I will marry her. I want that one. Yeah, he just like picks her out, <laughs> and then they goes and visits like the Don, who's like her dad. That's he's a great like, scene too. I like how he's 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 kind of talking with him like he's just one of the boys, but then he kind of slowly slowly dawns on him what girl they're talking about. And yeah. you just see that shift. What there's the no girl like talking about it. Yeah, there's no girl like this in the town. <laughs> he's like, hey man, you know a lot of people would like to know that I'm here, but if you did that, your daughter would lose a father instead of gaining a husband, which is like, whoa, you're gonna murder this man if you Zero don't let to- him. If yeah. he doesn't let you fuck his daughter. <laughs> Zero to 60, and then they have one date, and they're like, all right. All right, this works. Let's get married. Like one, it's like one family dinner. Yeah, it's not really a date. It's a family gathering. It's Where like, he gives her a thing, a necklace or something. Yeah. And then they're married, and it's a big old event. Yeah. And then and then just as they're getting comfy, and he's teaching her to drive. And How long is he in Sicily? Uh, I would a assume few, a f- like a year max. Yeah. Yeah, he's teaching her to drive, and then one of the shotgun brothers is like, "Oh shit, later." Yeah, he's he's so while he's in Sicily, you know, he's obviously a target now, you know, for having taken out this mafia personality and his dirty cop friend. Yeah. So people are hunting for him. People want Michael Corleone's head. Yeah, Sonny and the family are fighting in a war in New York. Meanwhile, yeah. we even see in the background that there's an exploded car. Because Diane Keaton's character, she goes... No, they're like, what's up with that? And he's like, oh, a little bit of... Per-. So it's just kind of like set up for Michael's... Yeah, so like... Yeah. But while he's in Sicily, though, he's got these two bodyguards with him, appointed from the mafia guys looking after him in, in Sicily. And yeah, we've been calling them the Shotgun Brothers. They literally just walk around with bandoliers, fucking shells. Two and... double-barrel shotguns. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, new- newsy new- hats. Newsy caps and newsy bags. Like, super fucking badass the whole way through. I Absolutely. do love the Sicily scenes. The they Sicily never use them, but they're beautiful. still cool. <laughs> yeah. Sicily looks beautiful in this movie, man. Yeah, yeah. Sicily looks so fucking good. Kind of helps crack open the structure of the film a little bit and help it 
be the epic that it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, especially the epic that the following film will turn into eventually as well. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's why they do travel together really well, even though the second one wasn't necessarily a guaranteed thing. Yeah, because but... like, sequels weren't really as much of a guaranteed thing with movies back then. In... Yeah, there's a couple sequels that were going on at the same time, that, uh, like Rocky II. People were like, oh, there's no way that's going to be as good as the first one. It was better. They they realized like he should win this time. <laughs> but... but uh... um, as as danger keeps progressing, Michael loses his wife, to or at least ex- a dummy of his wife. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh god, that was so good. The best. Sh- yeah, if you watch the car exploding and Godfather, you can see the dummy, like the pressure of like <laughs> the, the explosion. explosion sends the fabric dummy like yeeting through the window. <laughs> yeah, and you can see the leg just like pop off in a cotton ball. It's <laughs> like in uh, it's comparing it to a much lesser film. It's like watching uh, Doctor Butcher, M.D. Medical Deviant when like. You see a guy jump through the window, top floor window of this hospital, and then it cuts to a shot from the window. You see a fucking mannequin just plummet down, and when it hits the ground, the arm just bursts off and shoots across <laughs> the ground. And then they cut back to the guy on the ground with just a little paint blood on him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Yeah, we could... Um... A supercut of good dummy deaths would be great. Yeah. <laughs> the made for TV great Gatsby has this great shot where like a woman like is getting hit by a car and you see like her leg fall off. Oh god. <laughs> I would imagine meet Joe Black, uh Brad Pitt. That was weird CGI though. Really? That's yeah. not a dummy? I don't think so. It looks like CGI. Really? I remember uh, I remember you used a dummy for uh this guy's death in uh in Goodley's class. Yeah, what um, a one yeah. of our in short college. What was that? What was the name of that one? Stuff that was gamb- to do. It was Gambling Man. Gambling Man. Oh, was yes. It Gambling Man. Oh, well, yeah. we, used a, we used a dummy a few times. Yeah. yeah. Do you still have that dummy? No, he fell apart. Oh. Yeah. He was made out of pool noodles and uh, duct tape. But Drop. I am working on a new one. Drop an F in the chat, boys. He wasn't long for this world. Buster, we called him. <laughs> uh, but you know, like, so as Michael loses his wife and loses his brother, he goes off and he comes home and he takes over. And yeah. oh boy, does he take over. Which yeah. appara- apparently that's not really how that works either. Like it's not just, it's not like a, a royalty thing where king dies, son takes over. Like apparently it's a more like political thing within or the democratic. Mafia. Yeah, democratic thing with it. Like all the guys got to agree to it. Other families will come around and like. Oh, it's like wait. when they elect the new pope. Exactly. Oh, what? Are you telling me that mobster, that these mobsters aren't like in the real world? I know, right? <laughs> you mean that Donald Trump's Jr. <laughs> it's a, the guy was saying it's uncommon for it to happen. It can happen, but it's not common for it to happen like that. But yeah, when Michael does take over the family business, though, yeah, he uh, he's got some ideas. <laughs> Diane Keaton's it's totally called cool. cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> Diane Keaton's totally cool with getting back with Michael after so long. Yeah. I'm surprised she hasn't like married by now. Promising or... that he's gonna go legitimate any minute now, which yeah. this whole trilogy is about him going legitimate. Well, he does. He does tell her um, within uh, in this one within ten years the Corleone family will be legitimate. Which like in literally like eleven years later, I think in the second one they're like, well, you well, said- Michael, <laughs> why are we still killing people in whorehouses? I told you not to go into my business. Yeah. This one time, I'll let you question my uh, what I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm... so the Godfather, you know, it's like 
Give it a chance, guys. You know, absolutely. I know that there's been a lot of negativity towards obscure art movies like this, <laughs> but we we give it a chance. I mean, this is this is the big like not only just gangster film, but just film in general that like. Honestly, who cares it's, about Citizen Kane? There will never be <laughs> another movie like these movies. This would have to be a weird HBO show nowadays. It's yeah. what Boardwalk Empire wanted to be. Okay, I don't usually do this, but oh, no, what? really quick, fan casting for, like, if you did the modern, um, if you had to do the modern Godfather. Kind of like a Scarface did. Yeah, obviously Oscar Isaac is the new Pacino, right? Yeah, Oscar Isaac is Michael. Uh, That'd be cool. Fredo would be played by fucking the other dude from star wars come on everybody's favorite word. no <laughs> oh god damn it. i can't believe i'm blanking on adam adam driver adam driver would oh, be adam fredo would be oh that'd oh, be interesting yeah. okay my, my although although is... honestly i could also maybe see adam driver in a michael role also like he does I feel look, like yeah he gives me a michael feel he could do honestly he could do both but what would be interesting is if he was sunny yeah because then he's just yeah, all crazy he's adam got driver. the attitude yeah, I could see that. No, but Driver, Sonny, Driver Sonny could, would be Driver could really play any one of the three brothers, or even Brando. Yeah. Would you like change the ethnicity, like Scarface, change it from Italians to Cubans? No, I'd keep nah. it in the similar wheelhouse, just like vaguely swarthy men. Okay. Uh, so who would play Sonny? Uh, Channing Tatum. No. <laughs> <laughs> what if he was just really beefy? Uh, oh man, I feel like I've got a good one on the top of my head, but I can't. Uh, um, Michael Shannon. Oh, Bradley Cooper actually. Oh, Bradley Cooper. Yes, Bradley Cooper oh, would be Bradley fucking Cooper. that would James be awesome. Con. Yeah, he's uh, the new James Con. Okay, so we got uh, so we got Bradley Cooper as Sonny. We've got um, so Bradley Cooper as Sonny. Adam Driver as Fredo. Oscar Isaac as Michael. Let's bring in Robert De Niro as. Vito <laughs> in the most meta move ever. ever. Yeah. It's like um it's like how like oh, slashers bring in like legacy characters with the new characters although and, I like, will pseudo sequel reboots. Although I will say, just throwing it out there, after seeing him in the Irishman, what about Joe Pesci as Vito? Is he too yeah? I maybe. feel like he's too old. <laughs> but we could we do could, it. We could dial that back though, you know? Yeah, we Maybe. have CGI we on have our CGI side now. now. Irishman showed us we could CGI Pio Pesci a little well, no, back but even, together. Well, even as like the older like mafia Don, you know, like like he like he nailed the role. Like that like that guy was a very quiet and reserved person in no, real I, life. Yeah, so I it's agree. like I feel I feel like Pesci could maybe do Don Corleone justice. I don't uh, Chris I don't know. Evans is Tom Hagen. Yes. Ooh, yeah. That, we talked about this. Like Robert Duvall is always good. He's never bad. But you're never like, man, that Robert Duvall performance, except for Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Apocalypse That's the Now. One that everyone quotes still. I insist that him having a hat and glasses in that made him just feel comfortable being like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was just crazy hat. But yeah, Chris Evans, let him be Tom Hagen. Okay. Yeah. I, I I'm down with this. I'm down with this program. But um, Kay would obviously be Margot Robbie because she's everything now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Who plays Connie? Who plays Connie? Good question. Oh. Hmm. Indeed. Let's see. Um. Let's go crazy. Let's go weird with that. Megan Fox. Oh God, I don't want to <laughs> see that movie. No, not Megan. Oh Fox. come on. Um. Who's a good actress? Hmm. Christina Ricci. 
here's an here's an idea for Connie. What about um, I'm drawing a blank on her name now, but the main girl from Knives Out. Oh, Anna, oh, yeah. Anna De Armas. Anna De Armas is great. Perfect. How about right. her for Connie? Yeah, Anna De Armas is Connie. There we go. Yeah, I like okay. that. I like that casting. Casting is done. Yeah. And of course, James Brolin uh, has to be, or Josh Brolin has to be Sterling Hayden's role. Oh, 100%, yes. <laughs> Which one's Sterling Hayden? The cop that punches Michael in the face. Oh, okay, gotcha. No, that's, that is absolutely Josh Brolin for sure. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> and we'll get Cheech Marin to play that guy that looks like Cheech Marin. Perfect. <laughs> and Christopher Lloyd will play the guy that looks like Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> the Fish Mooney character. Yeah. The Abe Vigoda role. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> then we get Elijah Wood as a cameo as the bodyguard <laughs> that Maniac played. Oh, uh, Joe Spinell. Yeah. Hey, yeah, nice. That's, some meta. That's super, super meta. Super meta casting. Oh, I love it. Yeah, right, me so and Briggs are huge. No to it me and Briggs are huge fans of Maniac by Joe Spinell, and so like when we see him as the bodyguard, it's so weird to see him in like a, a normal movie. Yeah, of course he uh, feels so like genuine. The, the funny thing is, that I don't know about Maniac. I just know Joe Spinell from Star Crash. As, right. the evil member, as the evil baron. He played Gene Simmons in Star Crash. And then he plays Robert De Niro's boss at the taxi company in Taxi Driver. Yeah, he's oh, got wow. like he's got a one really good scene. Yeah, you got yeah, like my the chops. <laughs> Scorsese, yeah, Liz. Scorsese is great. Scorsese's amazing. But um, okay, so, he makes uh, the best films. Do you wanna Let's anything else you these. wanna say? Yeah, alright. So The Godfather One. Wow. Five uh, out of five. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a ten straight up. It deserves it. I'll give it a nine out of ten because I gotta leave a little bit of room for part two. Nah, I, I I gotta go ten. Like, I mean, everything you hear about this movie is one hundred percent correct. Oh, yeah, we're doing but... ten scales, ten out of ten. All I right. thought we've always done ten scales. We usually do. I yeah. I keep forgetting if we're doing ten or five scale. We've I mean, never done five. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I keep going back. Yeah, but no, yeah. What about what about you, Sam? Ten out of ten. Yeah. All right. Well, fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But now, look now how, though, the Godfather how, is dead, and they're never making another Godfather movie ever again. Look how they massacred my movie franchise. Which, oh man, before we move on, that's that's another thing, just like in Lord of the Rings, that I loved about Godfather is finding meme templates. So, <laughs> like, obviously, at some point, there will be a class in film school where you study film history through memes. Yeah. I mean, this this movie has like so even before memes, this movie was like used a lot for like all those gangster shirts that you'd see like that were black. Yeah. Oh, this is along with Scarface. This is one of the most influential movies on like posers in the just, world. Just yeah. those black shirts that either had like a graffiti eyes like Vito Corleone or a Bugs Bunny in a do rag at the Godfather's <laughs> desk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, or the Punisher yeah. skull. Yeah. Only they made another Godfather. I wish they did. That'd be nice. The Godfather, part two. Michael continues to become more and more legitimate, going into gambling and real estate, like legal rich people. Things get shaky, however, as Michael gets caught in a tornado of double crossings with business partners and even his own brother. As Michael struggles with the harsh realities of becoming a crime lord, we flash back and see what it was like with Vito in the simpler days, where you used your crime ring to care for people 
and shot the mean mobsters that did the bad things. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, damn, it feels good to be a gangster, but not always. Yeah, right. Sometimes it's like, damn, it feels bad to be a gangster. Man, it's not easy being a gangster. Ballin'. But at what cost? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the subtitle of this whole trilogy. Balling, but at what cost? <laughs> uh, so, Godfather Part 2. Uh, epic. So, again, epic, a classic. This, you know, uh, so as Briggs was talking about, you know, when it came to sequels back in the day, it was never really like a sure thing that these things would work out. Mm-hmm. And people assumed that this was not going to work out. Yeah, but it did. Did they? Was there? A, was there a sequel book, or did they just like come up with this? I think it's parts of the book that are like not adapted yet. You know, because gotcha. it's a huge book. It's yeah, it's like decades of story. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so like I think definitely like Vito's backstory, like there were already elements of that. Gotcha. Yeah, but the, uh, the opening. In- the opening 15 minutes of this movie is what makes it my favorite movie in the franchise. Beautiful, like, beautiful, beautiful. We get we start with like it's this really great wide shot of a funeral procession for Vito's dad, yeah. and then you hear a gunshot. Everybody freaks out. And it's like, oh yeah, your Vito's brother just got murdered. Yeah, because he was gonna vow revenge. So the mom takes Vito to the, um, to the guy mob that boss, wants him dead. the mob <laughs> chieftain. Yeah, the mob chieftain who killed her husband and her son. And she's like, "Please, my son, he is stupid." And it's Vito. And he's he's a like, dumb little piece of shit. He would never kill nobody, never. And the guy's like, "I don't know. I feel like he's gonna want revenge." So she freaks out and gets blown away, spaghetti western style, where they like Fuck have yeah. like a cord to pull you away. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like this, like, like the really, lady, like the lady in the end of Django Unchained. This brutally realistic story. She just fired away. Like I don't know if, I mean. I don't think shotguns fire like that, but it's t- I mean, at, no, at it's that operatic. Close, at that close range, maybe to an extent, I don't know, but no, it's the the opening, cartoonish. the opening of Godfather Two is fantastic. Like that whole bit of, and then like then like them hunting for him through the streets, like I know, and they're out. like calling out. It's like anybody who you know, if you if you give him to us, we'll reward you. But if we find out you're hiding him, you will be punished. And like they fucking. They hate the chieftain, so they're still going on board with it. Yeah, they're, they're hiding hide him in a little basket and take him off. He I goes know. off to the new world, to yep. America, and they're like, "That's where we." The famous misnaming comes from. You know, he's like, "Cause he's Vito something else from Corleone," but they just name him Vito Corleone. Yeah, and then he's got fucking what smallpox. Yeah, they, they get, he has smallpox or something, and then they like have to quarantine him. And then little Vito, who hasn't spoken the whole movie, he's like sitting in his quarantine room on the bed, and he's looking out at the Statue of Liberty, and he's never spoken a word, but then we hear him sing, and he's got a beautiful little voice. Mm-hmm. Much like his grandson. Yeah. Which we flash, and we see he's uh, getting, I don't know, uh, baptized. baptized. Yeah, their first uh, communion, I believe. Yeah, oh, first communion. communion. That's yeah, that's what it is. A lot of Catholic bullshit. My dad knows more. My dad and my girlfriend are both Catholics. I don't know what I am. <laughs> that's right. You're I'm, not. I'm like a Baptist. Which is like, but I was baptized by a one-armed priest, so I think that's why it doesn't count. <laughs> and why I still have one foot in hell. Oh man, you're Lombardo's like, uh, always joked about like you're getting, like Achilles getting baptized, and it's like you put he puts the holy water on you, and you just like freak out just to scare people. <laughs> <laughs> it burns. <laughs> but again, this one starts off with another big old party. Yeah, yep, the first introducing communion. more people. 
And this is a fucking party. We're on a huge new estate out on Lake Tahoe. But they're not playing Italian music. Yeah. (laughs) Where's the Italian music? Michael continually being more and more Americanized. Yeah, he's in Nevada now, right? Yep, he's on Lake Tahoe in Nevada. Yep, because he's uh, you know getting involved in the casinos. In yeah, because they they touched on that at the end of um at the end of the first movie where uh, he's moving. It was, uh, it was Tessio and Clemenza, I think, that came to him at the end. They're talking about how they want to form their own families and how he's like, sure, but after we've moved out west, and so mm-hmm. now. We pick up in uh, the late 1950s, I think. It's 1958, I want to say. Yeah, or so. So uh, um, you have um, a... uh, You have have a racist Texas senator or Nevada senator who, like, really fucking hates Italians. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, which is funny later on when he pulls that 180. (laughs) I know, yeah, when he's like... They're the backbone of American society. (laughs) After murdering a prostitute, you know, he really changed his tune. But, um, so yeah, so we're, we're introduced as, as per usual, we're introduced to all these different characters. So we have the Nevada Senator who's trying to squeeze money out of Michael and his family. Yeah. Cause he's trying to do a legitimate like casino and all this, uh, they need the gaming license. Yeah, and it's like, you know, the licenses for the other hotels that he already owned were apparently, like, grandfathered in, but now he's wanting them to pay more than what a straight-up gaming license would cost. Like, apparently, like, what was he saying? Like, the gaming license was only, like, 20000 or something like that. It was some. It was a five-figure number or something yeah, like a, that, and then this piece of shit... It was a four-figure number, if anything, and then he was, like, demanding these five-figure numbers. Yeah. <laughs> But then, um, uh, yeah, what's going on in Cuba? Uh, so, so there's like casinos opening up there as well. And yeah. they're literally so like he's going there and he's got the old uh, Jewish guy. What's his name? Um, um, he's like Meyer. The, no, uh, yeah, no, not the real guy. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> be careful. Let's not name names That's here. Not much like <laughs> some I, I'm, I'm pulling up the cast now. Um, Hyman Roth. Hyman Roth. That's uh, it. they broke that Hyman. which of course he's of course based uh, loosely based off of meyer lansky who was kind of like allegedly allegedly Allegedly. yeah doesn't he drop uh, arnold rothstein's name i know he talks about arnold rothstein rigging the world series and like meyer lansky was rothstein's like protege yeah exactly (laughs) but um so we're introduced to this idea though that you know they're going down to cuba with it because the batista government will welcome them with open arms yeah batista government's super cool with americans and they're like they're not going to Bit overthrown it. by this fucking asshole Castro. Yeah, what's up with that? Who's but, Fidel um, Castro? He's just yeah. a washed-up baseball player, and that's a true story. <laughs> but uh, and then of course, you know, we also uh, we are also introduced to uh, uh, Pentagelli, who is uh, yeah, it was supposed to be um, back in New York. He was supposed to be a uh, was it Clemenza? Yeah, Clemenza, he was supposed to be yeah. the Clemenza character. I feel, and then Clemenza, and then Clemenza didn't want to do or like he. They couldn't afford to get him back for the second one or something, so they just wrote it into a different character. Yeah, and so it's 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 stated too how like uh you know Vito's original home in New York, you know initially when Michael moved the family out west, that home went to Clemenza, mm-hmm. and then Clemenza passed away, and that home then went to Frank Pentagelli, who was uh, kind of running. He shit talks for like him. this. Yeah, he talks a lot like this. He's one of those guys. Yeah. that's like, hey. 
Maybe you should stop talking if it hurts you so much. <laughs> Just get them all. <laughs> play an Italian tarantella. Then they, the piccolo the players like, it's like, yeah, fuck your Italian bullshit. He probably that guy's probably dead. Get the fuck yeah that I really wanted to see a shot of that piccolo player like he's got his piccolo like sticking out of his mouth like. But um. So, like, apparently with Pantagelli, though, he's, like, he's got this dispute going on back in New York with these other gangsters. Yeah, the Something Brothers. Who are tied to Hyman... Uh, Hyman Roth, Roth, yeah. He he does not trust Hyman Roth, I don't think. Yeah, he's probably racist. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, no, he totally is, because, like, he's ranting about... Oh, right, he's ranting about the brothers, like, oh, they're getting black people and Hispanic people to enforce yeah. their areas. Yeah. Which is like all throughout is like the worst thing you can do is fraternize with people of darker complexion. Apparently, yeah, that's a, that's like a problem with almost all of them. In the like even Pacino movie. is like, you know, no, you're not afraid to hire blacks and Spanish people. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. Meanwhile, though, we go back. Also, we have a second plot line going on in a different time period. We yeah, have the, the rise of Vito 1900s. Corleone. Played by a young Robert De Niro. Which is so cool. Like yeah. Robert De Niro really nails the part. I know. He puts the cotton balls in his mouth and he's like, he's a better Brando than Brando in some ways. I wonder what happened to the, his tender voice, you know? Was it the was it the cotton ball addiction? Did he just keep eating cotton <laughs> yeah. balls and that just ruined his vocal cords forever? Yep. <laughs> Although I I like also too with De Niro in it, you know, uh, you pointed out how it's like he he's kind of blending Brando's techniques and little personal ticks with his own yeah. to kind of, and you know I even kind of noticed that in three also like there was I forget which character was pointing at his own head like De Niro does and like was it maybe Pacino? No, I feel I feel like it may have been Andy Garcia at uh, one point. Oh yeah, yeah, Andy Garcia probably studied them. Andy Garcia wasn't bad. No, yeah. it wasn't bad. He was certainly a, but yeah. But um, no. So, so yeah, yeah, young De Niro, he's um, he's getting his first taste of the of the crime life in America because he's got a buddy, uh, eyebrows McGee, I believe his name is. It's Clemenza. Yeah, yeah it's oh, that's young, young Clemenza. Yeah, young Clemenza. We get young Clemenza. No, and no, young no. The Tessio. one, no, the one that's in love with the drama lady. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, oh. he doesn't come back. Yeah, but no. he's not really a mafia guy. Like, no, 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 just... but that is what introduces him to the Black Hand. Oh, yeah, he talks about the Black Hand. Because the Black him. Hand yeah. is squeezing the drama girl's dad, who is a, like a theatrical guy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Probably owns like a little vaudeville theater. Which is like garbage back then, you know. And yeah. it's garbage now. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Being a performing artist is like... <laughs> Lowest tier you could possibly be. Oh, COVID affected my industry. It's like, <laughs> yeah, COVID affected every industry. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, you know, we get to see the black hand, and he's just like this big Wario fucking asshole. And he's not even Italian, is that what they said? He just I, speaks Italian? No, he, he he is, and you know, come to find out, like, again, watching Michael Francis' stuff on, on his thing with The Godfather, you know, in Sicily, you know, the mafia started off really as a protection thing. Like, they, they were, uh, for the people, protected them, and it wasn't until, like, later going on into the late 1800s going into the 1900s that the real criminal aspect of the mafia lifestyle started to take over but you know oh like interesting soon protection became like well pay us to protect us 
to protect you from us. You yeah, know? but um, <laughs> he, someone he, else. He, ex- he explained, though, how, like, mafia people who came out, street guys who immigrated from Italy over to America, they were really kind of like the black hand types. You know, they went on to just start being extorting assholes to other Italian-Americans. It's he has like, no... I'm going to protect you, just like we protected you over in the old country. Mm-hmm. It's... He doesn't have any guys with him, though. Like, what's his authority? Yeah, he's all by his lonesome for most of the time. He's just kind of like this big, respected, like white suit. Was he just asshole. a bully? Yeah, he was just yeah. He's just the... so he had no backing. He was just like They're... talking like a mob pe- guy, and people were like, "Oh shit!" Very melodramatic too. It's like you know, I like how it's it, it's we're seeing this in this era where gangsters had like fucking nicknames like that the black hand like that sounds like a dick tracy villain or some shit oh like, yeah well you know the earth no, dick tracy villains are called like mumbles <laughs> well i mean if you look up all that like like the gangs of new york book like talks about how like late 1800s early 1900s gangsters and like vigilantes like there was a lot of myth making on those people and it was really fucking crazy which that's awesome i love that like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like how you make it's like i think that's part of your shell of protection is like a story yeah you know the I mean, mystique there's yeah. a reason why a lot of pulp fiction and early comic strips got their crazy ideas yeah because so, there were some pretty nutsy people out there mm-hmm. you know there was much an like actual how, spider-man like how it, yeah yeah exactly there was the human <laughs> yeah exactly the human spider the human spider he was a really horrifying gangster that had like two extra arms <laughs> but um no so it, it's it's i Honestly, the the 1900s bits with Vito are, I'd say, probably my favorite bits in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah, they're great. They're beautiful. You know, you get it's it, that's the only time we get like really good period detail in these. Yeah, yeah, like we haven't really talked about it, but it feels like sometimes in these movies they kind of like loose their grip on the period, like especially uh, three, design. We'll, especially three, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but like no. one, you'll see a couple things that are like that very 70s it's not very specific of the 40s yeah no uh, and then like the hairstyles are all very 70s yeah uh but you know and then uh but you know the flashback stuff with Vito is definitely like that's the highlight i would watch the fuck out of a movie like that but uh, you yeah. know what's what's interesting is you are having this juxtaposition of michael just getting like worse and while his dad is like getting better you yeah know? which i wonder yeah that's clearly the thing that's going on but I wonder, which is why I don't think that whole like the super epic four hour thing would work out really well if you just did it in chronological order because you're cutting out a really good like thematic aspect of the second film. The no, jump. and yeah, if you're like thinking all all the time about how Vito's gonna die anyway, like and all this shit that's gonna happen, it kind of cu- undercuts the whole point of part two, watching yeah. his story that's all about ascension. You know, Sonny and Fredo, and like even when Fredo's born, he's a little whiny bitch. Huh. The, ju- the juxtaposition of the two stories is what really sells it. You know, like there, for lack of a better term, is somewhat more of a wholesome air air to uh, De Niro's side of it, where it's like you know you see young, even as a young man, Vito is still a man of the people. You know, there's well, it's the like whole a bit. superhero origin story. Yeah, almost. Like, yeah. He, there's the bit it, it where it really he's, is like Superman. Like he loses his home and his family, and he gets taken off to a whole nother world. Oh my God, guys! Mario Puzo wrote Superman. Oh. Yeah, no, <laughs> he's exactly like Superman. But, we, um, totally, we should totally consider doing a trilogy of the, the Mario, Mario Puzo, Puzo Superman. Superman. <laughs> Let's we suffered through Godfather three. Uh, look, trust me, Superman three is not worse than Godfather three. I know we got to find more trilogies that like really 
chip pick it pick up on the third one. <laughs> <laughs> we we watched plenty of those. Lord of the Rings. What do we got coming up? We got uh, Cornetto trilogy. No, but we got a uh, next. Next we're doing uh, the Apes, right? Yep, yeah, we're doing the Apes. Yeah, all right. That you know, that's like honestly, there's no misses on that one, man. And and of course, Friday eventually. Well, yeah, doing we're doing Apes, Mariachi, then Friday. Yeah, and Friday is definitely one that has a third movie ascension. Like, You're right. Yeah, absolutely. that one has like a little bit of a dip, but then it's like even the middle is like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah the middle's still fun. I mean, that whole shootout with the well, uh, you know, never mind. Uh, but Godfather, uh, I do wonder. <laughs> If in some way that the video flashback stuff is supposed to be purposefully kind of like, I don't know, fairy tale-ish. Like maybe it's like, maybe it's playing with the themes of, oh, nostalgia, the good old days. Well, you know, maybe like, you know, it could have been interesting because Brandon didn't want to do any scenes for this. But it's like you could have made yeah. almost a wraparound of like, this is not necessarily the story. Maybe this is the story that was told to them. Yeah, maybe that's yeah, maybe that's what's going on. Because, you know, I'm just saying because there's like some really goofy stuff like uh, there's this like Vito helps like this old lady not get evicted from I, her. I, I kind of like. I kind of like great, that cause, though. Well, it's all her, because of her dog. So he like pays the guy off, and he's like, and the dog stays. Like what? And then the guy finds out who he is, and he comes back. He's like, hey, hey, buddy, <laughs> hey, here's that money, you know. And here's a little, dog's it's fine. fine. Dog's fine. Everything's cool, man. We're dogs. friends. You and me, we're friends. Yeah, Wait, I mean, and you know, I I like that about Vito. That's kind of like one of his main stipulations with people is it's like he wants friendship. He's not just some fucking guy you just come to. Like mm-hmm. no, he wants he hates, to know you. Yeah, he hates the uh, act of having to like you know. Be like in the first one, it's like, hey man, they're you know they're gonna go after you, someone that's really close to you, so it's gonna suck. But you're gonna have to like kill whoever. <laughs> yeah. Whoever asks you to go have a meeting with the bad guy, it's like, no, nah, that's the guy. So I gotta yeah. kill Abe Vigoda, bro. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunate, but it happens. Poor Bernice. Poor Bernice is gonna be waiting for me all night. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, so. And Vito really gets like the completed ending with his vengeance in that story. So yeah, yeah they fa- they fail trying to kill Hyman Roth. And, no, uh, they they don't during the Cuban Revolution, right? Oh yeah, yeah that, the Cuban yeah. Revolution fucking happened. <laughs> it's just like literally while they're there, they're like. Like a couple days before, they're like cutting up a cake, literally dividing up Cuba. It's like, hey, Batista loves us. These rebels are full of shit, man. And Pacino's like, I don't know. I think these rebels are gonna win because he sees one of them do a suicide bomb. Yeah, which is a great moment because they have the he's like they have the will to go on. They don't have guns. They have the will. (laughs) And much more. So yeah, this is something that would become more prominent in part three is like using actual historical events as a backdrop. Yeah, because what are what are the odds being there on? January 1st, 1959, when Batista's like, I'm out. Yeah. And they literally show that in the movie. It's like, they guys, do. I'm leaving. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. This government is done. Everybody, goodbye. Don't and worry. And then it just like descends into chaos immediately People after. are running for the boats and the ships and the... It's like, for, for, for the protection of everybody, it's like, particularly myself, I will be resigning. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then, and yeah, we kind of see everyone. And this is all... Cuba is also very important because so one thing we've glossed over is early on in the film there's an assassination attempt on Michael's life. Oh yeah, they he shoot like, the shit out of his bedroom. They do a great yeah. and that's when we first see angry Pacino. Yeah. In all yeah. of his beautiful glory yeah. he's like in my bed in my bedroom. I'm <laughs> and this is when we were started to think about like what if Sasha Baron Cohen had done Raging Bull? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you <laughs> fucked my wife. <laughs> But like, um, so it's like this is where kind of the last plot thread of the film is kind of set up is this kind of 
I don't want to say who done it because we figure out who done it very quickly, but like this whole thread of Michael trying to kind of put the pieces together and deduce, okay, who tried to kill me and who do I need to whack in return? And so Cuba is where, like, we already know Hyman Roth is kind of the or- the orchestrator yeah. Of, yeah. of this whole thing, but Cuba is where the last truly big puzzle piece falls into place when he deduces that Fredo betrayed him. His yeah, own he also, brother. But he also talks about how Hyman is kind of mad that he killed Mo Green. That's a great scene, yeah, too. Yeah, that's an interesting like, scene. There was this really nice kid ran into the casino, Mo Green. <laughs> There's not even a statue or a plaque of him. And he built that city. But uh, yeah. you know, though, and, and Francis talked about this, too, how like just that whole bit, though, where he's like, I didn't question it. I just went along with it. Because that's the profession we chose. It just comes with the territory. That is so very realistic. That is yeah. a great scene, man. Like it's like you know, it, it's it's just like the the quotes. Nothing personal. It's only business. It's yeah. like that is literally what the mafia fucking lives by. Is like it's it is literally just business to them. Like it doesn't matter how close you are with the person, who they are, if. The order comes down and it's legit. That's gotta, it. You're done. <laughs> I gotta murder you, bro. This movie's I'm sorry. Also, this movie's also the progenitor of the uh, what we see more and more in TV. Uh, what we kind of discussed a little bit is uh, the, you know, the 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 criminal like husband and the uh, the wife that's there. Kind of like yeah, this is not Diane sure if she wants to be a part of it. Diane Keaton's really not into after their <laughs> house gets shot at. Yeah, for some reason that turned her off. Yeah, <laughs> she's not. Like, I don't know she, what's the deal. She's not like Michael's mother, who like kind of just went with it. <laughs> oh yeah, and like so. Yeah, v- Vito's wife is like the coolest. She's yeah. like, she's like, hey, she's you just, know, she, she just, he did the thing that was like important. Her kids are dropping like flies, but she's cool with it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she sat in on those like you know those count on that first one for that lady who was like getting kicked evicted out of her apartment yeah she's pretty much the one that brought her to yeah exactly so there's like an angle maybe where she has more influence than we realize maybe they just don't really explore it as much but i do like though you know we have this great scene between fredo and michael when fredo just kind of lays it all out like how scorned he kind of feels i know it's like i'm your i'm your big brother i'm supposed to be taking care of you it's like no you're you're the middle child let's face it (laughs) sonny was the big brother yeah (laughs) but uh you know instead you know it's like oh send uh, someone needs to be picked up from the airport send fredo oh we're we need someone to go across country and run these casinos send fredo it's like you know he just kind of gets pushed around to whatever he needs to do. They need him to do, and you know, he then does get stepped over to for everything. For everything, and now Michael is leading the family instead of him. And He's let's got a be honest, alcoholic wife. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. Fredo would have run that family into the ground. His, of his shitty like racist alcoholic wife. Yeah, never marry a wop. Yeah. Oh, I God. didn't mean it. Yeah, that, really that's like, great when she gets dragged away. I didn't mean it to say wop. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know um and I like though how um uh Michael vows though like he won't uh, like he knows Fredo betrayed him, tried to have him it's killed. Like he broke my heart, he kisses him, which is the kiss of death. Yep. But uh but he vows though that he won't do anything to him while their mother is alive yeah. and then that's when we flash back to uh i think the the old woman being evicted in yep. the 1900s yep. and it's like you know we get the last shot of vito's wife back then 
then fade to then her funeral. Her funeral. Fredo's shaking her like, "Come on, mom, <laughs> wake up, wake up! I'm so fucked if you're dead, mom." <laughs> Puts sunglasses on her, and then it's a yeah, weekend. weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Tries to weekend at Bernie's, his mom alive. Like, hey, everything's fine, Michael. We're just having a good time. Please. What are those flies doing around, mom? Ah, uh, get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here, you lousy fly. Get away from my mom. Get away from my living mom. <laughs> my very alive mom. <laughs> but, um, no, the uh, the the assassination attempt on Hyman Roth, though, is great. I love how he... Uh, he's going to go into his oxygen tank or something. The yeah. old man No, he's gonna sm- he's going to smother him. Right. Yeah, he's going to smother him with the pillow because he's got shitty health right now. And, and then what does he get shot by? Gorillas? Yeah, uh, no, he gets shot by Batista guards because you know, oh. like he, like Roth is, you know, he's friends with the Batista yep, group, yep. so it's probably like you know, Batista guards trying to get him out of there. Yeah, but um, you know, I I, I really like how like they and so they kind of spread out during during this. So Fredo goes one way, Hyman Roth is taken another way, Michael has to go a different way. So it's like they kind of just fan out while the country's yeah, starting Pentangelio, to fall apart. Someone tries to, yeah, they, um, Roth tries to kill him and make it look like Michael did it, and they fail. So Pentangelio and his bodyguard have been arrested, and they're pretty much going to testify against Michael in this new trial that's going down. Yeah, so that was that's another a committee. Big, that's another big thing that was going down in the 50s was the federal government was starting to really crack down on mafia activity in the mm-hmm. United States. I know organized crime was like a conspiracy theory for like a lot of the 30s and 40s. Yeah, like if you watch The Irishman, there's a lot of conspiracy theories that get sprinkled throughout that movie, like the mafia armed uh, the Bay of Pigs, yeah. or the mafia had Kennedy killed, or the mafia like did this, and you know. Let's make one just... thing clear: so many people wanted Kennedy dead. Yeah, <laughs> he's the most murdered man in history, I think. <laughs> but um, and so uh, so we have this background though of like you know the these committees are in Congress trying to the Supreme Court trying to take down the mafia and so yeah they got Pentangeli to uh to flip and you got a young harry dean stanton as one of his bodyguards yeah. which was so, isn't that crazy seeing that guys yeah <laughs> harry dean stanton has been around forever <laughs> but um and so that the trial stuff is pretty great but um it's a when, very active trial area too yeah. like I, I don't know about you guys but i feel like trials like that in uh in movies are always like pretty subdued and chill but like there's like reporters all over the floor and there's like well, shit yeah. all over the place and there's co- cameras and cords and everywhere well, and it's just a we really missed packed it, but, room uh, it's really loud we missed it but apparently one of the investigators is roger corbin really really yeah, who produced uh coppola's first movie dementia, dementia 13 wow that is cra- that's like like Corman being in Scream Three. It's like Lloyd, yeah. It's like, it's like Lloyd Kaufman still being cast in uh, James Gunn movies. Oh yeah, or like that. That's so true. It's like you're a piece of shit who made my life a living hell, but you did help me become a filmmaker. But um, another thing that we learn from Tom Hagen, who's just kind of running shit for Michael. Yeah, after he's... being officially kind of fired. Yeah. Like he's no longer consigliere, but now he's the lawyer. Yeah, he's yeah. just the lawyer. Which, which I don't yeah. know, he's still he's pretty helpful in that. So so like we've we've kind of really glossed over that whole plot thread of Godfather Two is how Tom Hagen is kind of running things for Michael while he's jumping around figuring out this assassination attempt and so we get 
Tom Hagen taking care of the senator who has now murdered a prostitute in one of the Corleone's hotels in Las Vegas. Which <laughs> So I is mean, that staged, or did the guy just murder a prostitute? I think I, he just murdered a prostitute. All right, I well. don't know. I think because he was like, oh, I don't remember much. I don't know what happened. And there's like... Like someone's got a syringe or something. Like I feel like. Oh, he, maybe yeah. I think maybe he was drugged and then they killed her and then they staged it. That, that it's a bu- good it's possibility. Very, yeah. And about I like how how nonchalant uh, Hagen is about it. It's like no one knew this girl was here. It'll be as if she never existed. <laughs> Which kind of points to it being a plot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah, it's like hey. Let's get a girl who is disposable. Exactly, you know? exactly. You know, it's a, it's a quick 180, though, for Hagen, for sure, because, yeah, at the end of Godfather 1, you know, Pacino kind of uninstalls him from his position in favor of kind of having him oversee the more legitimate businesses because, you know, he doesn't want Hagen to, like, be implicated in all the criminal shit, only to then bring him swiftly right back in after mm-hmm. this assassination attempt. It's like, I gotta go around and figure out all this shit out. I want you to run the family for me while I'm gone. I I'm think just... it's because he's outside of the family that he can trust him, though. Yeah. I'm just saying, I feel like Hagen was a greater, like, big brother to Michael than I think so any too. of his brothers ever were. Yeah. I, I think so, too. He's... He, he has this caring aura about him, but this aura of authority as well. Like, yeah. Like, he even, even though he would have never been able to because he's not Sicilian, he would have even been a perfect successor to Vito Corleone. Mm-hmm. Certainly. And, like, he apparently kind of grew up alongside them, which yeah, that would have like, been a cool well, yeah, origin Sonny, story. He was Sonny, like an orphan or something yeah. that Sonny found. Yeah. And so Vito, being the person he is, just took him in. The, yeah, the good nice king. <laughs> but um, so um, so yeah, so Hagen takes care of the senator who is now with a dead prostitute, and then we also have him uh, kind of taking care of Kay and the kids while Michael is gone. And so when Michael returns, we then learn about how Kay, who was pregnant, yeah, with has like, apparently miscarried. Yeah, yeah, and he was like, it's so weird that he's already so disappointed in his son. He's like, I need another son. <laughs> Anthony's going to be an opera singer. <laughs> I can already tell you can smell it off him. You can smell the opera singer, and this one's going to be a terrible actress. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Sick burn. But no, Sick so um, then, you, of course, you know, Michael gets pulled into, he gets subpoenaed and gets pulled into these trials in Washington. We're really jumping all over the place with Godfather 2. Like, like even, ju- even just in Michael's story, not even taking out the whole Vito prequel, like, just Michael's story alone jumps around so much. Yeah, it's... Yeah, because they got Pentangelo, like, uh, they bring in his brother from Sicily, who's, like, his very presence scares him so bad that he won't testify in front yeah, of the committee. Yeah, which, that's a great scene. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like in the Dark Knight when fucking uh, we're introduced to uh, Harvey Dent, and uh, yeah. they they got the one guy on the stand who's supposed to testify against um, Falcone. No, not Falcone. Um, uh, Maroni. Maroni. That's <laughs> yeah. It. He's like, oh, he's a fall guy. <laughs> so it's I'm like, the real mob boss. It's like yeah. you, you said about this. Like permission to treat the witness as hostile. How about this for hostile? And he pulls out the gun and it jams. Yeah. Yep. Which happens a lot. Yeah, and like every there's so many assassination attempts where like people go like, "Fuck," you know, like when <laughs> Squeaky Fromm tried to kill Gerald Ford, 
Or, uh, and she was like, oh, man, can you believe the gun didn't go off? <laughs> or that <laughs> one guy that... when they tackled her. Or that one guy that uh, tried to kill Andrew Jackson <laughs> at a funeral. Uh, and he beat him to death with his cane. <laughs> he didn't beat him to death, but he almost did. Yeah, the, the bodyguards had to pull him off of the guy. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so, like... Um, we we've learned that Kay's apparently miscarried the baby, and Michael's now dealing with all this fucking bullshit in Washington, and his guy flipped on him, and so he brings his brother in. It's a whole thing, <laughs> and then Kay tries to take the kids, and we get the best crazy Pacino scene. In yeah, because she reveals that originals. she had an abort. She reveals that she had an abortion because their marriage is an abortion. Yeah, that's dark, dark, it's a dark scene. And he's like, yeah. Then it's he like, smacks her. Yeah. It's like, it, I, lo- I love how she's using abortion, aborting a child as a metaphor. And this is like, I aborted this baby, just like our marriage is an abortion. It's That's like, a 50s abortion, too. So she went to, like, you know, Chinatown. Like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. I was, like, smoking a cigarette, you know. And <laughs> like, This'll take five minutes. But One, um, one gape and scrape. Oh, oh god. <laughs> god god damn okay uh, so, going, um, back, going back to nightmare episode vibes yeah <laughs> i'm like william s burroughs <laughs> but, but, i say talking uh, really quick when it comes to michael's like relationship it's it, it's you know more talking about how Vito's just so fairy tale it's like he never we never really see that Vito's a cheater or anything like that he's like, a all very of his sons, honorable person yeah his, i don't think he cheats on his wife like sonny does all of his kids are like philandering fucking assholes like even his daughter like just goes off and like you his know. daughter's a whore by the end by the beginning of godfather too like she she settled down at the in the first one that's literally the opening scene of the first movie is her wedding yeah and, and a by pre- the end prelude of it, to it is the end of two as well we get to see her meeting her husband yeah and it's like by the end of one, you know, they they kill her husband because he sold out Sonny. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's just a fucking mess at the end there, crying and screaming at you Michael. And so now cut to the beginning of two, you know, the trauma of having her husband, the father of her child. Yeah, she's just sleeping around now. Yeah, she's all over the place. She's going on cruises with guys. Leaving her kids who, you know, also just never get addressed. Yeah, and apparently, uh, apparently her son had been picked up for petty theft or something, and she had no idea because she fucking doesn't care. <laughs> but hey, so it would have made end- more sense if that was Andy Garcia, right? Yeah, what? No, I don't know why Andy Garcia's character. We'll get into it. I don't know. We'll get into it more. But yeah, I don't understand why Andy Garcia's character is Sonny's son instead of uh, her Connie's son. It would make so much more sense, well, especially how like the relationship is in the third one. Because if he's conceived outside of a marriage, it's like more of a bastard Jon Snow angle. Yeah, why yeah. not? But well, um, yeah. but yeah, Vito Vito is like super loyal to his wife compared to his children. You know, going back to the veto thing now. So we're we're about wrapped up with the veto section of the movie. At yeah, this it point. ends with them like he's uh, establishing his olive oil empire, Genco, <laughs> Genco olive oil, and he goes to Sicily with his business partners to see where the oil olive oil is made, where they drill it straight out of the ground. Yep, <laughs> and he meets the old dude that murdered his mom and, and his dad and brother. It's yeah. it's a great scene. Like oh, the, God, the right? dude is just ancient in his fucking old wheelchair, can't hear, can't see, and barely can speak. Yeah, can barely speak and fucking uh Vito comes up and it's so good. Like he's like, Oh, you took the name of Corleone of this town. How interesting. It's, and Vito's like, Well, 
you know, I, what my real who, name who, is. No, he, he asked him, who's your father? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, who's his father? That's right. Oh, I see you killed him. My father's so-and-so, and this is for you, and then he fucking eviscerates him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fucking, like... Does knife a seppuku drag. on someone else. Yeah, drags his knife from belly to and then, chest. And then in their escape, his business partner gets fucking shot in the leg with a shotgun, and that's how we discover that this is. That's why he has those walkers in the first one. He's in yeah, the he's the guy. He's the Don that was taking care of Michael when he was in Sicily, cooling yeah. off. But it, um, it holds together really well. I love yeah. how we like get to see all the young versions of Vito's partners from that guy to yeah, Clemenza. We, and Clemenza has a great scene where they're stealing a rug and he's about to shoot a guy in the head if he comes in. A like cop, that beautiful yeah. shot of him just holding the gun by the door. Yeah. But because because uh in a, in a prior, prior scene like Vito was holding onto a bunch of Clemenza's guns without even knowing him. Yeah, he like tosses them from his apartment window across the alley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Clemenza's like, "You still got the guns? Hey, a friend of mine's got a real nice rug that he that he'd love to give you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will I will say though, and this I I don't really want to call it a gripe, but this is really my only real issue with godfather 2 and it's not even really a bad thing because the way it all played out is still so beautiful and so fucking a plus material for sure but you know with the opening where you know the mafia uh the mafia chieftain is like he wants to kill young Vito because you know he he straight up says he will he may not want revenge now but he will grow up and he may want revenge then you know, I was under the assumption that we were going to get a very badass young De Niro starring vengeance quest. Yeah, like and I and you know he does he does get his vengeance by the end, and it's beautiful. It's fucking awesome watching him eviscerate this old man in his wheelchair. But um, yeah, it you comes... know, I I kind of was hoping for, and you know, I I actually had originally thought that the Black Hand was this chieftain. Like, I, that's what I thought that character was until you guys corrected me, but... Yeah, or at the very least, or at least maybe, like, an enforcer, like, scouting out looking for him, possibly. Yeah, no, yeah. If, that, no if that guy was tied to the original guy, that would have been fucking dope. Yeah, yeah. that would have been cool. And let, let's go back to, also, that guy's death, because oh, yeah, Black Hand's yeah. death is... Fa- that... that may be my favorite part in this movie is watching him follow him from the rooftops as he's going through the celebration in the streets yeah he's getting his gun he's wrapping it in a towel in a dark in a dark uh hallway he loosens the light bulb the light bulb and then when he the guy screws it back in it reveals him as it's flashing like it's it's so beautifully done and then he goes up and just fucking shoots him to death And the it's towel a, bursts into flames. Like he gets shot in the cheek. Like it's pretty yeah. gnarly kill. And then when he's on the ground, he goes up and puts the gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger one more time. And you see that jolt through his body and a mist of blood. So good. Oh, yeah. Two in the head, man. Easily my favorite scene in the whole movie for and the, sure. And then he gets back on the roof and he's taking it apart and putting it down various know, chimneys. little chimneys. Yeah. Breaking apart. It's so good, man. Yeah. Such dope. a. It's it, it, it. You know, it just goes back to. Yeah, it's it's almost like a foreshadowing for what would eventually happen to him in the first movie. You know, it's like the old old mafia guys. You know, you're done. You're on your yeah. way out. The young guys are rising up. You know, it happened with with Vito in the first movie, and here we go back to seeing Vito enacting that very same thing yep. on Black Hand. Mm-hmm. 
Now the next generation turns on the previous generation's Batman. That's what we always see in these movies too. Yeah. Yeah. But um so by the end of it though, you know, Kay and Michael are obviously divorced. Yeah, at they're this split point. so and he's like I promise I'll never murder you, Fredo. And then they go out <laughs> to fish and he's uh yeah, he's saying because he t- he's telling his nephew that he like say, says little hail mary every time he goes fishing. Yeah, we we get this good sequence of you know of Anthony getting close with Uncle Fredo. Yep. Yeah. Which and I'm it, sure plays into his attitude towards Michael in the third one. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is so. That is good. That is good writing. At least they carry that over into part three. Yeah. There's some good elements. Three. That they carry three over. is somewhat competent when it wants to be. We'll get there. We're the, almost taking there. them as a whole. Three is not so bad. But, but like as um, its own movie. Yeah. But yeah, and so uh, Michael ends up uh, at the end. You know, uh, they're they're talking about how you know if uh, if Pentagelli, if they get to him, you know, you know, it's you're gonna be. Uh, what's the uh, what's they were, what were they talking about? They were gonna hit him with perjury or something. Yep. And uh, so then we get a good scene with Tom Hagen and Pentagelli in uh, the prison, and they're talking about it. it's like you know these Roman guys, you know, yeah, yeah. Roman like generals, generals. like if they were like traitors or something and they would like submit themselves and their families would be protected and then it's like yeah if you kill yourself you you, you know we'll you protect can, your family protect your family so it's like yeah and they would throw a little party so he's hanging out with his fbi bodyguards well, and harry Dean's like hey let's play some cards so, so this this of course we're we're now in yet another staple of this trilogy is the final murder montage yep, yep. <laughs> our good old murder montage gotta kill some people gotta clean up so like in this. the so in the first movie we had michael taking down the leaders of the other five families mo as green. well as mo green and so in this one, we have him taking out all of the conspirators against him. So, so Hyman we, Roth gets shot at the airport. Gets shot at the airport. He gets Jack Rubied at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the press are talking to him. And one, then, of them, uh, one of them, uh, yeah, the hitman's like disguised as, the, as one of the pressmen, right? Uh, no, like he's, he's like, just kind of in the background. Like, no, he's, he's got like, like, a, like he's got a notebook and he's writing down like he is in the press, and then he's like, "All right, fuck it." <laughs> he's also yeah. got like touristy outfit, right? Yeah, yeah. he's got like, like he's a, an and then he tourist. and then he just gets blown away right there. In the I know airport. so many of the assassins get like immediately offed. Yeah, um, and not then, as yeah. not as clean as the last one where everybody no. got to walk away. Pentangeli is of course in at, reenacting his Roman fantasies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he cuts his wrists in the bathtub, mm-hmm. um, hot water bath. What else? Who who else do we lose at the end? Oh, obviously Fredo in the in the yeah, fishing Fredo, boat. Yeah, Fredo while he's fishing, he says a hail mary. I feel like there's somebody else, but I can't um, recall. Dang, yeah, you're right. I think there is someone else that we lose that uh, totally just is escaping us right now. So we got Hyman Roth in the airport. We got Pentangeli in the bathtub. Uh, Fredo. It's a real clue game. This all these murders See, i know that's, it is, that's the it thing is, there's it so, is a lot more complicated this there's time there's so many more characters to have to keep up with in this one it's it's pretty bad <laughs> in that regard like just brutal and having to keep up with it all but uh you know we get our murder montage and yeah yeah that's the godfather part two no i think that's it yeah no it's everybody everybody's 10 out of 10 for me yeah. I, I give it a nine out of ten because well, it's still really, really good. I'm more invested in Vito's story, uh, even though it's not super realistic and it's kind of fantastical. Like it's, I, I'm, I'm kind of with my dad on this one, where it's just really, really entertaining and far more entertaining than Michael's stuff. Where Michael's is a little, 
There's a little jumping around. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's not as interesting. There's courtroom scenes, which are like hit or miss sometimes. So yeah, like I, if I if I could get a a veto style movie instead, I would be far more intrigued by that than I would have been by uh, Michael Story in Part Two. I am going to side with Kreider on this one. I'm going to give this one a ten out of ten. Also, just because you know, while I do prefer the first film more, mm-hmm. I mean this is a fucking sweeping epic front to back and you know you just don't see movies like this anymore like we mentioned earlier you know this would be a mini series or a tv series nowadays like they wouldn't put this in the theater which is a real shame like you know like i can think of like you you think of more recent versions of this kind of movie like there's obviously american gangster from ridley Uh, scott from 2007 the irishman there will never be another movie like the irishman And even that, you know, they only, like, limitedly released that into theaters just to give it a chance at the Oscars, and that was mostly a Netflix hit. So it's like, you know, I miss seeing... And, you know, I mean, it's not to say that there are no more epics in the theater. I mean, look at Avengers Endgame. That's a three-plus-hour movie. I thought you were going to say Dune. Well, and I'll, and Dune, Dune is Dune I'd, also. I'd, imagine, I'd say Dune is an epic more than I would any Avenger film. Dune. Avengers films are... More like just kind of like. Well, uh, no, I mean, what I'm what I'm getting at though is it's like you know we we see we're seeing big sweeping three plus hour or close to it epics mm-hmm. when it deals with like you know big bombastic uh, subjects you know like Dune or like Avengers or like Star Wars or whatever. But when it comes to the more grounded like character stuff like The Godfather, you don't really see many movies like big almost four hour long character epics like the godfather anymore. maybe we should watch gucci i feel yeah, like i don't really <laughs> want to do that speaking of american gangster it's ridley scott yeah i don't care <laughs> all right so we well, gotta... why don't we watch Gotti instead i hear oh, that's pretty yeah. good <laughs> or, or how about we the... watch godfather 3 or how about the many saints of newark oh god <laughs> let's watch it without ever watching the sopranos yeah. How about we just go watch a bunch of Sopranos actors instead in the in the Godfather Part Three? Let's do it. Let's do it. The Godfather, Part Three, Coda, the death of Michael Corleone. We return to Michael after two decades, still not quite legitimate, as he seeks credibility with the Catholic Church, but just before he can deal with the Pope. Fat Tony comes in to shake things up, along with Michael's long-lost nephew. But wait, there's more. As Michael works to reconnect with his family, it turns out his kids are also disappointments. His son tossing his law degree to go sing, and his daughter wanting to fuck her cousin. Luckily for us, Michael has one ace up his sleeve. He dies. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> I've seen this movie before. He you finally guys. figures out. His, he finally figures out his way out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God, so, I'm dead. 
So, so yeah, so like Sam mentioned, <laughs> I've seen this movie yeah. before you guys. Yeah. Like, I've seen all three of these movies before you guys, which is still kind of crazy. You to know me. what's funny? You guys though, are big is... film buffs, and, uh, like film guys. He is audibly more angry about his son becoming a singer than he is about his daughter fucking her cousin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's way like, more wrong. reserved. It's weird. <laughs> he's just like, he says it's too dangerous. <laughs> it's too dangerous. It's... So what, if, if he was like a banker or a lawyer, would you be more okay with it then? Like... Not if he was still your cousin. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, that's, that's still a great line where it's like, he's your first cousin and he'll always be my first. Oh, uh, did she say that? Oh, I know she said. Oh, I know. I love him first. Okay. Then I love him first. That's it. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> He's my first cousin. He's my first a lot of things. Uh, oh, gross. No. So weird. Stop it. Why would you do this, Coppola? What What did your daughter do? Did he? Did she, did, did she like run up the credit card bill too much? And so he was like, <laughs> so she has to do the next. She has to do this movie for free. <laughs> you already got your payment. <laughs> uh but uh, yeah, so you know, I went into it though with a a little bit of hopefulness, you know, because it's like you know, Coppola went back and did this new ver quote unquote new version of the film. Which Sam, how different now in hindsight is Coda from the original Godfather Three? Uh, it's still awful. Well, I'm I'm talking but, like uh, cut wise. Oh, other uh, yeah. Uh, so I've seen the original Godfather Part Three, Death of Michael Corleone. And it's there. There is some interesting changes. Like, for example, there's a the meeting with the archbishop. They move that to the front mm-hmm. instead of him writing a letter, being all like, "Okay, please come back to me with your kids, or my kids." And then they also move a lot of other meetings around. They move some kills around. Uh, Wait, there were kills in this movie? Yeah, there's kills in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think the fat Tony kill, I think, got moved a little bit ahead more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Uh, uh, you know, it's not a lot of scenes that really pop out that are too different. I, we were looking at a comparison of one of the kills at the end, yeah, where like one of the guy that gets stabbed in the neck with glasses, yeah, it's it's so crazy. Giallo level in 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 the the uh, new version, version. yeah, like it's just a fountain of blood. Which we were trying to figure out if is that just like. Was there? Is that yeah, from the original? George, did he George Lucas it in twenty twenty? <laughs> yeah. Did he add more blood, or was that an actual shot that they did? But then they were like, "No, we gotta shoot it and make it cleaner for like, ratings. I guess ratings and such." I'm kind of glad because it's almost unclear without the blood. Yeah, yeah. It kind of looks like, like what the fuck just happened. Yeah. If anything, without the blood, it's just like she just poked him. It's like, yeah. ow! What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Straight up, Sam could murder both Kreider and I right now because we're both wearing glasses. Yep. That'd be pretty great. It's like an old boy when he breaks the toothbrush in half and stabs two bodyguards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, so I went into it, though, with a little bit of hopefulness. And, you know, I didn't hate Godfather 3. It's four minutes shorter than the original cut. Yeah, but there's a stupid intro by Coppola where he's like, this is the good one that like ate up some of that time, and I was really mad at him. <laughs> yeah, Coppola, I was reading stuff, and like Coppola was like, oh, this is the one that vindicates it as a trilogy. And, you know, my daughter's performance is actually good. Yeah, And Pacino bet. and <laughs> Diane Keaton are like, no, yeah, this is good. What the hell did he do to make his daughter's performance better? What, did he make her act better somehow? Did he cut scenes with her? I really can't. I, I don't think so, honestly. I think there's. It would be too exhausting to. We'd have to find someone else that already did a side by side comparison. 
Yeah. Excuse my squeakiness. <laughs> but no, I I didn't hate this one as much as I was expecting to, especially consider I you oh. know what it is? I think I got all of my hate out last night with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. maybe in a way that was a cathartic experience. Yeah. yeah. Cuz Texas Chainsaw Massacre the new one, the politics are so muddled and fucking weird. Uh-huh. Like, and you hate everyone. You, you, use, you use a mass shooting as just like background fodder for like literally one of the characters. It's like, that is so fucked up. Yeah. You know? So yeah, so I got all my hate out of my system last night. So I I, I didn't hate Godfather 3, but it is definitely, it definitely lives up to its reputation still as such a disappointment of a fr- fucking trilogy capper. Let's do pros. <laughs> Pros. Pros of Godfather 3. Uh, Al Pacino is actually a little more low-key in this than we think he is. Yeah, we thought we were coming in expecting, oh, it's 1990, late 80s, Al Pacino. He's going to be fucking nuts. Scent of a woman is a couple years later, though, when he goes all crazy. Yeah. So I actually like Andy Garcia in this. I didn't Andy like Garcia I didn't, Andy great. Garcia's good. I didn't really like him at first. You know, he he was kind of playing the cocky Sonny character because, you know, he's Sonny's bastard child. But Bringing in the Pacino energy that Pacino doesn't want to use. By, I mean, he is so wannabe Pacino. Yeah. But by the end, though, when he takes over as the Don, you know, you start to see him kind of carrying himself more like the way Michael carried himself mm-hmm. back in the first two movies. Very... Very quiet and reserved, but still dealing with really intense shit either happening or about to happen. He's very sunny in the first half. Yeah. You know, just very like, come on, let's murder him. Give me the order. Give me the word. I'll bite him in the ear. Going into that, like, it is kind of weird that we made it, like, that they made it Sonny's son, like Sonny's bastard son, apparently. Yeah, you were talking how it would make more sense if it was Connie's son. Yeah, Connie has a son and a daughter that we never see. And if you watch this movie, so Connie has, uh, as we discussed in the opening of 2, she's kind of going around the world, banging guys. But at the end of 2... I guess because uh, of so much tragedy, she gets closer with Michael, and she's she wants at to this join the family. And she's at this point becoming become like Michael's like second in command by this movie. Yeah, because yeah. Robert Duvall is gone. Well, no, he ha- he has someone else filling that role for. Well, lawyer, yeah, he the has lawyer, a George lawyer Hansen character guy. that's on the side. He has a couple lawyer characters. Yeah. yeah, they don't have any distinctive characteristics like Tom Hagen though. Yeah, yeah, and so and but in this movie, Connie and uh, Garcia's character, they're just like. They're they're together so often and they like meld over in minds quite a bit. Very, know? it feels very much like a mother son relationship. And it would and in my mind, like when I was trying to remember this movie before we watched it, I thought that was Connie's son because we like as we talked about with Godfather two, the first talk about how like she does have a son and he's been fucking around and maybe that's possibly what we could have seen instead. And I think that yeah. would have made more sense like writing wise. It's not like anything was brought in making it Sonny's son. Yeah, they don't actually. Oh, he's angry like his dad. Yeah, it's like Sonny was banging the shit out of this lady, cheating on his wife during the wedding scene in the first one, Mm -hmm. and I guess he was cheating on her a little bit, like because he was, because he was coming back from her place when he was getting shot, right? Yes. Yeah. So they do they do this shit a lot, but uh, like yeah, they don't really address that it's Sonny's bastard child. But apparently, in the in the uh, in the book, you said that when in that scene though he like. To, he like I, I love how you put it he kool-aid mans her cervix wall <laughs> yeah yeah so he like his dick is so big that he like destroys this woman's intestinal tract. god and like there's a whole subplot about it in the book where she's like suing him about it and he's trying to do it quietly without informing his wife that he fucked this woman so hard that 
<laughs> Which makes you wonder about his wife's cervix. Oh God! Yeah, it must be must be deep. Which she's got to have you know, like a Iron Man cervix. You know that that makes reminds me what the fuck ever happened to Sonny's child? Because you know you see the yeah Sonny has legit children. You yeah. see his wife carrying a baby doll around the house after Vito's shot in the first movie. So like, whatever happened to this child? I mean, like, so once again we start with a party. Uh, this one is what is it? Um, it's, it's a charity thing. No, well, yeah, it's kind of a charity. It's kind of celebrating Michael, like becoming a partner and with, with the, the Catholic, Catholic Church. Church. It's kind of funny that there was a time where you would work with the Catholic Church to improve your image, which is, which helps it makes more sense since they've moved that scene because that scene where he's talking with the Archbishop, uh, and then they go in the party. That scene is a lot later, so it makes more sense that that scene is a bit more ahead because it's like, oh, that's that's how we got the the medal. And like the foundation and all this stuff is because okay. he made a deal with him. Uh, so another pro, uh, Joe Montana, Fat Tony. Fat Tony was pretty hilarious. As in Joey this movie. Zaza Gabor. <laughs> that he he's a pretty great character. He's kind of one of the few that's kind of fulfilling like the the sleazeball scumbag mafioso. It's like, I know he's still stereotype. old school man. It's like kind of a mix of the Pacino character, but not not. Pat Patatino, the other guy, the guy that was going to inform on them in the second Pantanglio. Pantanglio. It's like a combination Pantanglio. of the Pantanglio character and the, and the one character that Michael, that, the character that Michael shot. That was that, like, sh- tried to kill his dad. Yeah. No, because yeah. like, now drugs are just part of it, man. Yeah. You know? It's like, yeah, you did, you tried to and stop I, that. I will say another, another pro is I, I do like seeing how, uh, how Michael is, uh, really committed to trying to legitimize the family Mm -hmm. like he's still doing it it's the 1970s and he's still doing it yeah and he's like he's buying into this big company and the old mob bosses are like hey we want in on this too man and he's like guys i can't i'm not mafia anymore and they're like hey helicopter drive by (laughs) helicopter drive fuck me that's stupid Holy I know that shit. scene felt like a something out of a cheap like Jackie Action Chan movie, movie or Arnold movie. Man, we were talking about the violence in these last two movies being so grounded and gritty and just like fucking shocking. And here we are in this third one, a fucking helicopter shoots up this uh, this weird eyes wide shut looking Caligula set party. I know yeah. a, lot of pink, <laughs> a lot of pink, a lot of pink. These big like Greco Roman statue busts are in the corners. It's like it feels like a cheap movie. It's weird. Yeah, and it's still the same cinematographer. So I don't I know, know what the I don't fuck know what happens. Gordon Willis did. He just I don't know, maybe he was trying to make it more bright. I don't know. But it's, uh, I think of this movie and I think of pink. Yeah. Yeah. Just feels yeah, vaguely cheap and very like, tacky. Mm-hmm. Andy Garcia has got this goofy scene where he's like taking on two mob hitmen while he's a fucking a reporter. Yeah, that's a that's a fun scene. <laughs> it's fun, but it's like, what are we doing here? Bridget Fonda. We're, we're doing Bridget Fonda. Yep. Um, uh, cons. Sofia Coppola's performance. This is a terrible. Damn it. She's a she's terrible a, fucking really actress. Uh, cons. What are we doing? <laughs> what's, what's the script? <laughs> what are we doing here? Why did we make a third one? Yeah. Well, you know, it, you, Coppola you know, didn't want to make this one. It's he, it's just like Matrix. It's just like Matrix uh, Resurrections. You know, the studio's like, yeah, we're going to make this with or without you. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think Coppola went in being like, I'm going to sink this ship because I'm a fucking idiot. No, he <laughs> wanted to do a part four all about Andy Garcia, right? Yeah, he wanted to do a part. He wanted, unlike the, un, unlike the Wachowski sisters, he wanted to do a part four. <laughs> 
yeah. but um yeah it's it, the plot i mean they we have this whole thing of michael trying eli to, wallach is trying to kill him as well he's this old old mob boss good to see yeah. tuco yeah. <laughs> um but uh and then we were over in sicily for like the last half of the movie yeah and, so his son is becoming a singer and uh, his son is like really mad at him for killing their uncle <laughs> all yeah. those years ago and um but yeah he's like gonna become an opera singer and there's this really all this build up to this fucking opera yeah oh man so <sighs> oh god dudes i remember watching this movie the first time and i almost fell asleep with that fucking opera ending scene which like we pointed out you know unfavorably it's like this reminds me of that scene in quantum of solace it's <laughs> <laughs> just a long opera scene and the opera doesn't really make much sense at all yeah know, it's like set it's like seemingly i thought they were doing a cool thing where it's like the story of vito corleone as an opera yeah like maybe that's what's going on but then they have was. like a crucifixion scene yeah, you don't remember when Marlon Brando was crucified in The Godfather? But you know, the hitman was like on stage. You know, the donkey hitman. Oh, God. The donkey man. <laughs> so like, why didn't it, you know, it could have been like Scream, where like he's on the stage like trying to kill the son. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like donkey man was, uh, he's kind of the Boba Fett of the story. He's like <laughs> there, he's got one recognizable thing. And he doesn't do anything. You know, unlike Boba Fett, though, he didn't—he didn't even have an implied death. No, he yeah. just ran away. He, he bolted. So. Yeah, they shot the uh, the other guy, the older guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah what was his name? Just, I don't know. Let's call him Django Fett. You know, it's cool. It's like we have a character named the Ant who like dips his bullets in cyanide, who just gets fucking killed. Well, like, no, 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 no. That's kind of like the Luca Brasa sort of thing. Like you know, oh, you're oh, right. Got you got to build big, him up and then kill him really easily. Bad guy, and then he gets fucking killed. Like you know, it's just like that. Is he the one that shot um, Michael and his daughter? And get, and then uh, oh, the guy Garcia at the end is not up. the ant though. No, no, it's that's some not other the guy. The like... guy that the guy that Andy Garcia comes up and fucking kills on the steps isn't the ant. No, no that's no. not the ant. The that's ant was somebody else. The ant was a dude who was Joey Zazagabor. Yeah, he gets killed in the. The, the Klansman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Andy Garcia disguised himself as a cop, and the other guy dresses up as a Klansman. It's the perfect disguise. It's, yeah, that's a, that's Sam a, says it's a cop and an off-duty cop. <laughs> it's it's kind it's kind of calling back to uh, Godfather Two when uh, Vito is kind of fa- stalking the Black Hand through the street celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the block party. Italy, yeah. It's we're, the same neighborhood. Yeah, we're doing the same thing again. We're following uh, uh, Joey Zaza and... Uh, There's some kind of Catholic thing. Yeah. Like, go- event going on, a parade, just I like lo- with that. I love the one guy taunting him, sitting on the hood of the car. He fucking scratches it with yeah, the key. He keys and- it. They're very Italianing it. Hey, oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, Whoa, what the, oh, man, get him off the Cadillac. Yeah, they're having a raffle for the Cadillac, and then he gets fucking blown away. Yep. Um, but yeah, all hell breaks loose. Jesus topples over Virgin Mary, whatever the fuck the fucking statue was. It was the Virgin Mary. It was Virgin holding Mary. a little baby holding Jesus. Holding the Jesus. Jesus falls. I like a little baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Andy Garcia is like, you know, it's because it's cause his uncle went into, it's because uh, Al Pacino goes into diabetic shock. <laughs> and he goes crazy and starts yelling out for Fredo. Yeah. Yeah, he, get, he gets really... Uh, Fredo! Fredo! It's the a, only crazy Pacino we really get. There's even a jump cut in there, like, for yeah. no reason. <laughs> for no reason. But yeah, like, that's where they have the line. It's like, just when I think, uh, just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. It's like... 
Every, we, every delivery of that since, since then has been like, everybody does it like, just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> and it's like, I he really... So we Mandela'd ourselves into thinking that's just how it was. Or yeah. maybe the Coda just used an alternate take. Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I mean, Paramount opened it up to, to Coppola, so... Yeah, we're not you know, misremembering you do have, it. You do have multiple takes of things sometimes, so it's not impossible. We're not misremembering it. It was another cut. <laughs> All right, guys, that means we got to go back and rewatch Godfather 3 real quick. We're going to pause the recording. We're going to watch gonna... the regular one. Yeah, All we'll right. be back in three hours. <laughs> but to you, it'll just be a couple minutes. Okay, oh. we're back. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, yeah. that, that oh, was, that was yeah, way that worse. Sucks. That's exactly how I remembered it. I feel worse. <laughs> I want to go back and watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre again. I want to watch the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> That's a good movie. But, uh, you I know. went and finished the first TCM right after y'all left because I started it at work yesterday and then left it halfway. So we, yeah, we do a murder montage with this, but it's like it's really so boring because it's happening during the opera. So okay, so just to set up some pieces, also, so. Uh, Al Pacino's doing a weird, like, trying to get back with his old ex-wife. Yeah, oh, yeah he's but... trying to get back with Diane Keaton. and then, But also, you know, while they're in Sicily, they're staying with the Mafia Don over there that was protecting Michael in the first movie, who's somehow still alive in 1979, 1980, whenever this is taking place in the yeah, timeline. Considering, like, we were in 1917 when he went, when he went back to Sicily to kill that guy. And yeah, exactly. That guy that was, so he's got to be, like, you know, pretty pretty fucking old he would yep. be he would probably 70s maybe 70s 80s at this point but so they're staying with him he gets assassinated uh by by a guy he straight up calls an assassin hey <laughs> you're an assassin hey. you were an assassin then and you're an assassin now you shouldn't do that you should just drive away yeah but we you know we haven't gotten into the plot so much because we mostly got into there's his- a plot yeah, his personal. We got into his personal issue. Michael's personal issues with his kids being losers and his angry, dumb nephew. And well, he's trying to go legit with his company mad. from. He's that's so, partially owned by the Catholic Church. Yeah, like or so mostly owned. His church, like the Archbishop through his church, goes to him, being all like, "Oh, I fucked up these business things, and I've got like a several hundred million dollar deficit, yeah, like and I could really six hundred ninety million deficit." And then Michael's it's like, a, "It's a five hundred, seven hundred million dollar deficit," and. Michael's gonna offer him five hundred million. Trying, they're trying to get into this company uh, called Immobiliari. Yeah, Immobiliari, yeah. yeah, which is an actual company, and much like the previous film, uh, where we were reflecting politics of uh, mobsters getting their casinos driven out when Batista fell and Castro took over, and then of course the the Congress hearings on the mafia shit as well. So yep. we have uh, the. The, the mafia and the Vatican kind of getting all tied up yeah, in the this po- banking the pope situation. Falling, the Pope at the time falling ill, which yep. like stalls the whole business transaction. And, and then the new Pope dying shortly after. Like being... immediately of a mysterious heart attack, which is real. Yeah, the yeah, the new Pope takes over and he's plan- he's been doing, he goes straight to doing like, uh, like big changes and like sweeping like uh, reforms. reforms. And this makes his vatican buddies including the archbishop mad because it's starting to show up all the like really bad all money the crooked going on all the crooked shit that was happening like how the vatican was like giving money to uh contras and whatnot jesus oh my god it was yeah. pretty fucked up and so yeah but 
you know, you really wouldn't care. You really wouldn't care watching this movie because they make it so like boring and uninteresting as to as opposed to like watching the it's very listless. As opposed to watching the gorillas take over in Cuba. Yeah, we don't really have any suicide bombings in this to keep us captivated. But or so, awake. Yeah, or awake. <laughs> but uh but anyway, so so that so that's set up as well. So we have uh the the mafia don who kill who has Pacino's friend killed in Sicily, mm-hmm. uh, he's set up for this. Uh, uh, it's a uh, Don Lucchese who's set up for our our one our montage fodder later. We have a a crooked Swiss banker that we don't really spend a lot of time with throughout the uh, throughout. No, the but film. I guess he's part of what fucked them. Yeah, he 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 screwed everyone over as well. Obviously, we have our archbishop, who's a fucking piece of shit scumbag through the whole movie. Um, he gets shot and turned into a mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> that shot of him falling through the steps is just so great. Pretty great, yeah. Um, and, and you know, but meanwhile, we also have the our donkey-voiced assassin. And his old friend... Uh, setting up to, I guess, try to assassinate Michael during his son's debut performance. Yeah. Which, like, they opera. have like their own comedy of errors. Like yeah. when they kill the when he kills the twins. Yeah. And like he comes in and he uses the twins' corpse to pretend like the twins like killing him. Yeah. And then he kills the other guy. Like, yeah. That's pretty dope. That was pretty cool. That was the, some inglorious bastard shit. It looks like a like he killed the the mullet tri- triplets. Yeah. Because he, <laughs> cause he like I don't know choked him out or something there's a whole lot of blood coming out of one's mouth it was pretty garroted him to like yeah you can... and then the other guy came in and i you know tried to stab him but he stabbed him and then the other guy comes in and he's like oh you got him and he's like nope and stabs him call an ambulance but not, not for, for me, me. <laughs> <laughs> but um all while he was been tr- trying to set up a sniper rifle to kill michael and it's just a comedy of like getting interrupted the whole time by these three mullet idiots <laughs> so yeah he's got a he's got a jack rubium as well and then he, that's where he shoots Sofia Coppola. Oh, yep. such a such a terrible loss, I, I guess. But uh, uh, I mean, you I mean, y- you kind of feel for Michael in a way where I it's feel, like yeah. he, he watched his daughter get as as hard as he tried to keep her away. You know, he was forcing uh, the incest to not happen, which good for him. Regardless, <laughs> that's the right move. Yeah. It's but it's too, like, it's too spicy of a meatball. It's so but hot. it's like, despite I his mean, best efforts, not only does his daughter still get killed because of the life, she gets killed right in front of him while someone is trying to kill him. And it's like, you know, there it's, he's on the steps at the end, just screaming and fucking like, and it's and so we, sad. Then we cut to him being really old, sitting in a garden, and in the Godfather Coda, it just fades out with like this quote about like uh, Sicilians always wish you to have a long life, and a Sicilian never forgets. But yeah. in the original cut, we get to see him slop over, like fall a, out of the chair, and then but the do- it takes the dogs his dogs eat him. him. Yep, <laughs> it takes forever. The, though. the credits roll over the dogs just eating him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. <laughs> It's like the end of Father's Day, where it's just the corpses like sitting in the dining room. <laughs> but that's uh, yeah. So that's Godfather Three. That's one of the movies ever made. Yeah, that is a movie. You know, and Coppola is... did have a comeback with Dracula. Yeah, Coppola yeah. made Dracula after that one, and uh, you know, depend just who cares what other people say. I think Coppola, I think that movie is a good one. Dra- Coppola's Dracula is great. I revisited that one not too long ago, and it, it still holds up. I think. I love the set design. I love the look. 
I love how really Gary loyal old to the adaptation they are to it. Yeah, but it also uses so many weird techniques. It's great. Yeah. But then we also have Keanu Reeves, which is the biggest misstep with that film. <laughs> yeah, and but it doesn't do? derail it. Yeah, it's not like, you know. Budapest. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like. When it, Godfather 3. When, when we talk about trilogies and how there's like, oh, it, like, you know, it's it's the classic discussion when it comes to trilogies. It always falls apart at the third one. Usually. But yeah, we talk, most times. But we've talked about a lot of trilogies that are usually like more like uh, Godzilla, I'd say fairly solid all the way through yeah only to crescendo with kong versus godzilla which is well, the yeah, greatest like the, thing monster versus ever put out it's like the fury road syndrome yeah you know we're like the really good one is right outside the trilogy but then although and then there are some times where it's like oh the fourth one really should just be ignored like alien resurrection <laughs> yeah i mean someone's pointed out it's like there's no good real franchise resurrection titles hmm. i don't know fury road no no, no i mean like if your movie has resurrection, oh, it's oh, implying yeah. that oh, the, it it's implying okay. that the franchise was dead at some Halloween, point. Alien, Matrix, it never works. And, okay. you know, I, I haven't seen Matrix Re- Resurrections. I can defend Alien and Halloween Resurrection a little bit, but not much. Why I, would you defend Alien? Yeah, Resurrection? I, why would you defend would, Halloween Resurrection? Alien God Resurrection is fucking garbage. It is a Halloween. It's a, <laughs> I don't give a fuck if it's a Halloween it's movie. A, that movie's garbage. Yeah, same goes for Alien Resurrection. It's like a stupid Firefly like po- prototype that's not even entertaining. All the characters are fucking idiots. How can you defend a movie that has fucking kung fu noise making ass Busta Rhymes fighting Michael Myers? Get out of here. Get leave your room. Get out of here right <laughs> now. Which Michael would win, Michael Corleone or Michael Myers? <laughs> oh, I mean, Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> I think Michael Corleone. Michael might. Corleone's not much of a fighter. He's got a bat. He's a strategist, but he's, he's got, got a fighter. His trusty toilet gun. Yeah, if he had his trusty toilet gun. If, if it was. Imagine there's a gun hidden in every toilet. Imagine the scene from like uh, Halloween 2017. 18. 18, and he's like in the toilet, and, Mike, and Michael. Myers is going through the toilets. <laughs> oh, and he just pulls Boys a gun out. <laughs> that that sounds honestly like some kind of like a deadliest warrior like reenactment. Who would win, Michael Myers or Michael Corleone? Michael versus Michael. But um, what do we want to rate this God thing, guys? I don't. Um, <laughs> I will give this a solid one out of ten. I'm gonna give it. I'll give it five out of ten because I watched it. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah, this is a thing that happened. Yeah, it was, yeah. It got nominated for a bunch of pity Oscars. Nominated for seven Oscars. How many of it did it win? I, uh, hold on. Let me did check. Did it win anything? Probably not. I, I, I Probably like won it, some Razzies. I, I don't know about Razzies, but it definitely won one thing, I'm pretty sure. Like, uh, let's see. Yeah, it was nominated for uh, Best Picture for some fucking reason. It was nominated for, uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, it got, uh, it won no Oscars. Yeah, definitely God. didn't win anything. Loved by none. It won nothing at the Golden Globes. Uh, oh, it, it was nominated and won... It was nominated for two Razzies and won both of them, and they both went to Sofia Coppola. Oh, good for her! So you best, know, act- she best, deserves best actress and what? Worst supporting actress and worst new star. Oh, because supporting fuck actress—that's kind of weird. Oh man, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if 
Hmm. I was, yeah. was going to say, it's like, did it win Best Kiss? No. <laughs> for the two cousins. Ah, stop uh, it. I'm glad we glossed over the incest in uh, this. So much incest. So what's going on? It's I, too I get dangerous. It. I get it. It's like Shakespeare, whatever, but fucking why? You know, there's a reason. Because Italian that's... directors all want to fuck their daughters. Yeah. And, uh, it's the Dario Argento syndrome. So let's go into discussing it as a trilogy as a whole. So as a whole. Not bad. Uh, yeah, it's still like I mean, it still holds up as one of the great trilogies. Yeah, I Godfather three does not negate anything good about Godfather one or two. Absolutely, yeah. I it's mean, just I a wouldn't want to exist. I wouldn't want to watch Godfather three again. But. No, I would rewatch Godfather one and two though, like mm-hmm. especially part two. Like, there's a lot of trilogy runs I do, uh, but Godfather's not one of them. Like, yeah. obviously, I could do Return of the King. I could do Lord of the Rings. I could do the Star Wars trilogy super duper easily. Well, uh, like, even, like, three Nightmare movies just go down smooth, you know? It's oh, like, yeah. It's like Pringles. So like I mentioned, back in January, I routinely run through Scream once a year at least. Like, mm-hmm. so we all we all have our trilogies that are kind of like our go-tos that are, it's like autopilot, you know? We just go into them, and it just goes down. We're like Mindy in Scream 5, who, the, like, she just watches them to calm herself. The yeah. Dollars trilogy is still really solid. Even yeah, the Mad Max trilogy, trilogy Back to the Thunder Future. Dome, like, it's still pretty solid. Back to the Future is great. But uh, so what do we want to rate this as a trilogy? Uh, 7.5 out of 10. I will give it a 8 out of 10. I'm going to side with Sam on this one. An 8 out of 10 is a good average. You have a you have two fucking phenomenal, legendary Hollywood classics and then Godfather 3. <laughs> Godfather 3 is like notoriously bad. It's like people like there's that line in The Simpsons where it's like, this is worse than Godfather 3. It's like, hey, let's not say things we can't take back. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. Or, or uh, I think uh, Fat Tony's like, I haven't cried this hard since leaving for Godfather 3. Want to talk a little bit about the sequel that never got to be? Godfather sure, 4? Yeah, sure. It. Let's talk for a little bit. Uh, apparently, So there was going to be a Godfather 4, but Mario Puzo died. But according to Coppola, uh, what his ideal was supposedly was uh, Vinny was going to be taking over and it was going to be the actual fall of the Corleone family and of the mafia in general. Because, I mean, it would be the Reagan era. You know, Reagan was pretty uh, not cool with the mafia at that point. Yeah. He had a lot of... <laughs> well, he had the, well, of course, I mean, you had, you had the, the war on drugs going on. Yeah, that definitely undercut mafia. Yeah. Uh, so the main bad guy would be Nancy Reagan. Whoa. The throat goat. The throat who, goat. Yeah, who, who would we have... Who who would they have cast as Nancy Reagan? Fan casting. Um, huh. It, you're talking as if they made Godfather three right now or four right now. No, right? No, uh, no, 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 no. It would it be would like ninety one, ninety two, like like like. Uh, let's let's say like mid nineties. Well, no, I I I would like to prefer it as like how they did with Godfather. Like Godfather one was forty two, was oh, was seventy. 72 and then godfather 2 was 74 so let's say that you know godfather 3 came out 90 and then godfather 4 they went right into it got it done and, and released in 92 hmm and you would have cat for nancy reagan let's see i don't know <laughs> <laughs> who's the chicken bonfire for the vanity of the vanities i don't know what if we got um shoot uh what what if you know uh, alternate since this is an alternate history and he didn't make Dracula instead. What if it was uh, Winona Ryder? Winona Ryder. <laughs> there we go. She'd have she'd have old age makeup like an Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> or you could or you could go with Winona Ryder's mom from Beetlejuice. 
Oh my! There we go. Oh, you nailed it. Yeah. Lady from Schitt's, Catherine O'Hara from Shit's Creek. Oh, that'd be great. The perfect Nancy Reagan. Oh, perfect there you go. Nancy Reagan. It was and then right of course, there. And then of course, we already have the perfect Ronald Reagan. With Ronald Bill Reagan. Hartman. Oh. Oh yeah. Bill Hartman was still your life. Back to work. He just do his SNL skit. <laughs> oh, mommy. <laughs> but uh, so whilst we're dealing with Vin- with Vinny, like his his whole thing's falling apart and the Empire's going to shit and he's getting like beat out by everything. We'd also be flashing back to Vito and how he would gain his political allies, which apparently was going to be with the help of Sonny. Yeah, and who is going to play young Sonny? I uh, it didn't say who was going to play who. It just said that. Uh, I thought. No, no, it didn't. I thought say- decapitated. Oh right, yeah, it was DiCaprio. DiCaprio was gonna play. Him. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, DiCaprio playing a young Sonny, which is fucking weird. To that me. doesn't make sense. I mean, the whole thing about Sonny being the one to get the political allies doesn't make any fucking sense. The hothead's gonna talk politics with people. What nah. the fuck? How does that work? I mean, Donald Trump. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that. It, there's like he doesn't have any political friends anymore. <laughs> I feel like he's got a lot of political friends. <laughs> I don't but know. okay. I don't know. I would I disagree that Sonny would not be the one to get the political friends. I feel like Vito would be He would have him. needed Facebook to become the president. Yeah. But if Sonny was running nowadays, he'd be like, Yeah, I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. we'd never elect another Catholic for president. No, <laughs> no we don't need that. Wait but, a minute. Um, Biden Catholic? I don't know. I think he's the first Catholic president since Kennedy. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. So there we go. But uh, but uh, anywho. So that would have been an interesting movie. Um, I don't. I know think that like would've... so it would have been basically the story of Casino. Yeah, Pretty much. It kind of would have been. Which is a great movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I love Casino. We're gonna we're we we were actually talking last weekend about a possible Scorsese mafia trilogy one day. So we'd yeah, love to talk fellas, great stuff about Scorsese. Casino and Irishman, right? Would probably be the most cohesive trilogy. Yeah, I think so. Because it's the young blood to the uh, business legitimating, and then the old people just kind of like, oh, we're too far into the career and we can't retire, and now we're just sad and lonely. Yeah, yeah. that'd be pretty tight. It but, would be pretty uh, tight. But yeah, so that's Godfather. I, you know, I'm the one that pitched this idea for this month because you know, as you know, this is the month of March, and this month marks the 50th anniversary of the first film. When wow. I when I realized this, I pointed out to the guys, I'm like, guys, we need to do this for March. Like, hell yeah, just like we did with Frankenstein back in November, hitting the 90th anniversary. You know, we had to or the 35 year anniversary of Dream Warriors. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We needed we needed to hit this one. It was a big one. It's a it's a landmark Hollywood achievement. We we got to cover it. It's an epic. It's a classic. It had to be done. I'm glad eventually, we- yeah. Uh, as as Chris said when we decided it, it was like, oh good, we're gonna be watching a, a, an actually good trilogy, a grown up movie. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and you know I think we're gonna stray from horror for the next few episodes also because you know we realized that horror kind of really or horror ish horror adjacent properties really kind of dominate our our list of episodes so far. So the next few episodes, I'd say at least. After this one, at least the next two that we have lined up aren't horror-related, but uh, still very much genre movies in their own right. I'm excited for April. Yeah. yeah. Kreider's birthday is in April, so, so he be... went ahead and picked out the trilogy for April. It's going to be great. Yeah. The Planet of the Apes reboot trilogy. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm excited. It's a... Uh... 
That's a solid one. That's a solid trilogy. I think Dawn is the best one, but they're all they're all really good. Right? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's hard to pick one. I'm I've only ex- seen them all once, so it's gonna be great to review. Same. Them. Yeah, I'm yeah. very excited to go back. And, I'm uh, honestly, I might even go back and just marathon the whole run. Sure, man. But, of yeah. Planet of the Apes. Just I think to you see prep. these. We saw all these in theaters. Yeah, which I, is I, like a very special thing. I'm pretty I don't sure think, you and I've watched each one in theaters. Definitely. I don't think I saw any of these in the theater. Oh, damn, really? dude. You know, oh, I think I saw out. it like afterwards, like streaming or home video or whatever, but I wish I'd seen them in the theaters because these movies are fucking awesome. And, you know, I love the original Planet of the Apes movies. Oh, they're so great. Like, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, like, you know, a couple of those are good. So I, I'm definitely going to go back and try to run through those before, uh, before we settle down to start working on the Ape episode, but... Yeah. yeah, April so. is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, follow us on the uh, socials at, at Team Insomniac Films. We're at Team Insomniac FL on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We're also on Facebook if you want to follow us there. And Thank, uh, I'm uh, at Kreider the Writer. I'm at Briggs Met underscore Metal Revolution. And I'm at Big Boss Tune on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah, make sure you follow Sam. He's got some great artwork. Um, he's been doing these uh, cover pages that are. are kind of like album covers for the podcast episodes they're really it's really awesome man you know you can yeah. go you can go back to the team insomniac uh instagram or sam's personal instagram and see kind of like you can see monsterverse which was the very first episode then you go and you would see the uh the artwork for both last month with freddie and this month for godfather and it's been so cool seeing Sam's progression over the months, like with each progressive piece. Like, yeah, most people don't do guys. a new cover for every episode, but it's pretty awesome that you put that work in, man. Thanks, guys. I'm, I'm glad you appreciate it. And I hope you all appreciate it when you see him. Oh, uh, yeah. Be quiet now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. right. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs> see you guys. Uh-